Good morning, Blake. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Where is Aaron? This is like the longest vacay ever. <laughs> uh, Aaron uh, will be back on the 30th in studio. Wow. She's on every morning. She just uh, can't be on at the same time. Yeah, 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 I got you. I miss her. Do you have something uh, you want to say to me? Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, better than that. Yeah? You get, her, you get her birthday jingle. Can you hear that? I like it. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Thank you, you very it. much. Yes, absolutely. I hope What's you have a fantastic What's making news on, uh, on my birthday this morning? Well, this one might actually be um, an exclusive because we haven't heard any officials with it or anything else. But apparently a number of Cubans have left the jurisdiction and nobody told us. <laughs> so, Oh, wow. Yeah, my sources um, say that they have left Cayman since Saturday, about 20 Cuban nationals. And um, no, 40 Cubans left Cayman Saturday night on two boats. Some escaped from the detention center. And some were in the Civic Center in Baden Town, and they have already arrived in Honduras, and now they're heading to the U.S. of A. What? And nobody told us. I'm like, where, where's the official CBC report in this? This yeah. has got to be, like, fake news, because even I'm like, they cannot be that bad. Hmm. Eh, but we'll see. They'll, they'll release something once we post it up. Eh, yeah. What a mess. Yes. <laughs> so there you have it. Um... I, I sometimes am left speechless. But anyway. Which is uh, highly unusual. Yes, it is. It is for sure. So um, in other news, uh, local news, we have uh, Mr. Haynes and Burkham who are tackling what's known as the hardest trek in Europe for charity. So big shout out uh, to these two men. Everybody knows that Rotarian uh, Derek Haynes is always running for some worthy cause. Yeah. And now he's actually joined by um, a compadre, Mike mm -hmm. uh, Bur Burcombe, I think is the name. He undertook mm -hmm. the challenging 200 km GR20 trek, which is considered the hardest in Europe, to raise funds for the nonprofit after school program, Jubilates. So, congratulations to um, them. Yeah, we had them uh, in studio. Oh, did just, you? Just before they uh, set off on their journey. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so we, um, we know all about it. Yeah, they're 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 doing well, and it says here that they've already presented um, a check for one hundred and sixty thousand um, dollars. The governor presented that check, and uh, this organization is no doubt going to benefit immensely uh, from it. I've never heard of this organization before, even so. This is a bit of good exposure for them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it teaches life skills to uh, public schools in the Eastern District, including things through music and academic enrichment. So congratulations. Um, there's a recall. So if your kids drink Capri Sun, just have a look at um, your pouches because there's been a massive recall of thousands of what they say are contaminated juice pouches. Uh, yes, Kraft Heinz, who's the manufacturer of Capri Sun, has issued an official recall of 5,760 cases of the juice that they said could be contaminated with a cleaning solution. What? Used at one of its production plants. Yeah. Not the kind of stuff you want your kids to be drinking. Uh, no. So, we've got all the details about the affected products, which include the wild cherry flavor and um, details of the best buy date. And they've got a universal um, product code on the carton. So just check it out. Uh, look at the details on the website and just compare it to what you have just in case there's a 
off chance that we might have gotten some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Great idea. Yep. How does that uh, stuff get in there? I listen. <laughs> are, are they sharing, you know, plants? Like it's just crazy. Like you would think that um, there would be, you know, not even at the same location. Yeah. But they're saying that the solution accidentally got mixed in with the juice um, and they got complaints from consumers who were complaining about the taste. Oh, my gosh. And that's when they discovered that. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. The diluted solution, which is used at on its food processing equipment. So it's, it's used to clean the equipment, apparently. Mm. I got into the juice. Mm. Um, so this is a bizarre story, but it's making news headlines all over the world. A dog has caught monkeypox from its owners. Wait, how does that happen? Yeah, I'm not really sure, and I don't want to think about it too hard. I don't, I, I don't either. <laughs> By the way, they, the, the World Health Organization, <sighs> I don't know if you read this story, has said that they're changing the name of monkeypox. Yes, we covered this over a month ago. They said that because monkeys might find it offensive. Well, no, that's not the original story. The original story is it's it's there's a stigma with the term monkey. And so, um, you know, they wanted to to they were considering names well over a month ago on how to change this to something else. And then in recent weeks in Brazil, they were actually harming monkeys because they thought because it's called monkeypox, that monkeys are the cause of it. So they were like drugging and. And stoning the monkeys and stuff. So it's just crazy. So, yeah, they want to change it to something a bit more. It's just bizarre, though, because we never did anything to chickens because of chicken pox. All right. Exactly. And isn't it isn't it weird that uh, Showtime. now now I know now the uh, the virus is so offended by its name, even though it's trying to kill us, we need to change its name. So it's not crazy. Offended. Check out Sandy right now on Bobo 89.1. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, fever grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold, hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Good morning, K-Man. Rise and shine. Let's get it. Let's get it. Who's not with me? Y'all look like you're slow to wake up this morning. Yes, get up. It's Tuesday. You're getting closer to have to add another routine to your morning schedule once those kids go back to school. It's coming. It's like, ooh. I know a lot of parents are like, no, give me a break. I need more summertime. Actually, you're probably looking forward to the kids going back because during the day, you don't have to worry about uh, what activities to put them into. Yeah. So that's a bit of good news. Happy Tuesday, everyone. How are you guys doing? My voice is almost back. I had to do a little recording last night. You guys will hear it a bit later on this morning. <clears throat> and uh, it's still not 100%, but it's it's getting there. It's getting there. So... 
I feel like by Friday, I'll, I should be good to go. Um, I'll still have what's called my indoor voice. You know, when you get a little bit loud, it's like, use your indoor voice, not your outdoor voice. Bring it down a couple notches. I'm still going to be using that indoor voice, but good morning nonetheless. Um, how is everyone doing today? What a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous morning. I was looking out the window um, and it looks really, I'm actually closing the blinds, uh, controlling the, the light that comes into the studio. But yes, it looks absolutely gorgeous in uh, the Cayman Islands today. If you're listening to us abroad, sorry, <laughs> you may not have such gorgeous weather where you're from, but um, nonetheless, it is beautiful. So we have some guests who are coming into the studio a little bit later on in the program, and they are interns with the Cayman Islands government. So the government has an internship program, which by the way, I knew nothing about. So I'm going to be very, very excited to learn a bit more about these interns. And uh, quite ironically, uh, just last night or this morning, oh, the time just melts together. I was um, having a look at a very, very interesting article about people moving abroad to, um, you know, find greener pastures in different ways, not just money, but sometimes just a quieter pace and some other things. So I think we're going to talk about that probably in tomorrow's program because it is super, super interesting. But we do have some breaking news for you um, this morning. Hmm. Um, yes, I have... Somebody is asking me a question here. Um, hmm. Okay. We'll get to the bottom of this story for you guys. Somebody just sent me something saying, why, why don't we know who this is? All right. So here's, um, here is a white. <laughs> okay. Here is uh, a bit of information for you. Um, that we just received this morning. So I'm going to sell it to you like how I got it. And I received it for free and really, really cheap. And so I can't swear by it, but you know, our sources are normally spot on. It's hardly ever that our source is completely wrong. They might get one or two details a bit off, but um, yeah. So here's what we have been told. Um, some Cuban nationals have left the jurisdiction Yes, honey child. It's so funny because I was going to talk about them this week, not knowing that uh, this was a situation. But we are told 40 Cubans left Cayman Saturday night on two boats. Some escaped from the detention center and were in the civic and some were in the civic center in Baden Town. They've arrived in Honduras and they're supposedly heading to the US of A. You know, the US of A might not be so welcoming. They might push out like a little wave to kind of stop them from coming in. <laughs> it's not what it used to be, folks. So um, we will certainly see um, how that goes. No one has said anything to us, and that's from Saturday. I'm a little bit perplexed by that, if it's true. Like I said, I can only tell you what my sources. Normally, this is how it works. My sources say, hey, Sandy, this is what's popping off. This is what's going on. I say, oh, yeah? Okay, let's post it up. Rumored. And then uh, next thing you know, we get a press release from CBC that says, oh, yes. Oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, 20, 40 Cubans left. They might come out and say, oh, it was actually 41, like one slight variation. Um, so, yeah, somebody calls CBC and asks them for 
a comment, please. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, not that we're going to be upset that they've left the jurisdiction. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that we would be very, very happy. And this isn't the first time that we've had some Cubans leave on their own accord. Uh, they, they themselves get sick of the waiting process. If that's not a sign that it needs to be sped up, I don't really know what is, right? But a lot of them are like, Ugh, I'm checked out. Remember once before they left and they were picked up by Mexican authorities. Um, I'm trying to remember when that was. I was just having a look at the website. I think it's over a year ago. But yes, a Mexican boat picked them up. Oh, yes, this was November of 2020, actually, November 27th. At that time, 14 of them uh, left the jurisdiction and they were picked up by the Mexican naval, uh, by Mexican naval vessel, vessel. And once again, we got a hold of the news because it was picked up by um, Mexican newspapers out of Cancun. And, you know, our local authorities said nothing about it. Oh, what a mess. Y'all just, you cannot make this stuff up, uh, is all I can tell you. So um, we're glad that they're okay, though. You know, um, we wouldn't want them to, we wouldn't definitely want any harm to come to them. So I'm really happy to hear that they're probably a-okay. And um, they're now somebody else's problem. Because I guess when they arrive in Honduras, I guess Honduras isn't going to keep them because no one's going to be seeking political asylum in Honduras. So Honduras would be very, very glad to push them out to sea and, and you know, give them some water and some refreshments. And also Honduras isn't going to be subjected to the same international laws that we probably are. Um, so Honduras is like, adios, hasta luego. How do you say don't come back in Spanish? I don't even know. Vernita, good morning. Diamond Princess is here. Miss Dorothy's got it locked. Aliano joining us from Windsor Park. <clears throat> Felicia, good morning to you. Got to pull my coffee over. Good morning to Miss Debbie. <clears throat> Carmely, good morning. Alice is here. Magdalene says, good so far. Stay long. <laughs> McCoy, McCoy, what's up? Good morning. Judy says, good morning. I saw about eight of them sitting on the sidewalk in Industrial Park this morning around 6.45. They're probably waiting for a vehicle to come pick them up so they can go and work illegally. <laughs> it's now becoming a joke, the fact that these um, Cuban nationals are allowed to just roam free um, with really no protocols. I mean, I guess they're protocols, but they just don't make any sense to me. So, um, yeah, they, they climbed the wall. CBC never mentioned anything about the wall climbing, by the way. I was a bit disappointed to hear that they would not even acknowledge that this was happening when we had video footage, people from the detention center. And, you know, it was so funny when I received it from the detention center because I was thinking to myself, I wonder if that's like a person who's um, going to be incarcerated soon at the detention center being processed. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, look at the Cubans. They can leave and I can't, when I get locked up, I can't just walk out of Northwood Prison. Or, in all fairness, it could have just been someone at the detention center for an interview because they do <clears throat> police interviews and stuff there now. So, Judy, only God knows, honey, chill, what this is all about. Good morning to Jess. Um, Irvelyn's here. Good morning to Christine. Wee Wee's got it locked. 
Uh, Charlotte is joining us from Scotland. Hello, Charlotte. Um, Dean has got it locked as well. And Kristen says, good morning, beautiful Vanita. Aw, isn't that sweet? All right, folks. So we do have guests coming in the studio, like I said, at 8 o'clock. Um, don't y'all not tune in just because we got guests now. Because some of y'all be like, oh, the tea's not hot enough for me. Well, you know, not every day you can have super hot tea because then you wouldn't be able to handle it. Right? At some point, it's going to be too much. So we got to bring that to temperature every once in a while. Did y'all see this super cute video of this guy with his baby where the baby appears to kiss him? We posted it on our um, on our CMR page, and it is the cutest thing I have seen in a really, really long time. You know, we all love videos of babies and um, kids, uh, babies and kids, yes, babies and kids and dogs, and even little old ladies. There's a woman, a little old lady on Instagram who has gone really viral and famous, and she's got a potty mouth, and it is kind of funny, I must say. Um. So they all, they're always antagonizing her with something like, oh, grandma, you can't eat that pizza, that slice of pizza, the, dent, the doctor said. And she's like, to hell with the doctor. I don't care what the doctor says. But it's like really funny because, you know, they're totally setting her up, right? <clears throat> but anyway, um, you know, she'll, she'll pop off a couple very, like her mouth not joining church anytime soon. And it's just funny to see sometimes old people kind of get, a little bit annoyed with us when we say certain things to them. And so she's got a whole following on um, on Instagram. I don't even know how many followers they have, but it's a few. So the other day, I think she wasn't feeling that well, poor little thing. And she was in the hospital and stuff. Um, so people love to, they love to like follow her. And I, I think she's hilarious. I watch a lot of the videos and stuff as well. So yeah, we love to see old people sometimes being miserable. And we love to see babies doing the cutest things. So check out this video. I thought this was so cute. Look at this. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Why can't you not see it? All right. Hold on. Hold on. You can hear it, but you can't see it. Oh, man. What on earth? Let me check the video format and see what's going on here. It's so cute. It's the cute, like I said, it is really the cutest thing I've seen in a really long time. And the parents like captured a moment that they were just so excited about. Didn't expect it. And then you see those make for the best videos. Like when you're totally not expecting a baby to do certain things, right? Let me see. Yeah, I should play. Hold on. Let's see here what's going on. Let me pull it in another way and see if we can get it up. Huh. Okay, let's try it this way. Oh my god! Video, this is what happens. Um, the dad is with the newborn. It's okay, I love you too, and he kisses the lifts up its head and then it appears to ref
Buffy isn't trying to really kiss dad. But because it looks that way, everybody just interprets it as, oh my God, the baby just literally kissed you. <laughs> it's not really what happened, but you know what? It's so super cute that any parent would be so excited to um, to have a baby do that. It's just like, oh, it just melts your heart. Do you not love baby videos? Oh my gosh. Ugh, totally super cute. Super, super cute. Yeah. So I was telling you guys yesterday that um, over the weekend, my um, daughter and I, I don't think I mentioned that she actually was with me. So sometimes I tell her, I'm like, you know, you want to come to work with mommy today because I'm going to do some fun stuff. And she never thinks it's really a whole lot of fun. But anyway, uh, you know, we went to, um, well, actually, she only went to the one at Pedro. So she joined me for the back to school event that um, MPs, uh, Premier Panton and Parliamentary Secretary had the Bodden had at Pedro Park. And I was telling her, I was, I was like, you know, I haven't been to Pedro Park in a while, but I used to go all the time. And it was one of the fav my favorite things to do with Coco when I first got her. Because child, when, when Coco was younger, she was a little wild child. She was like a wild dog. So she had a lot of energy. And so even small dogs, you got to get them outside you're thinking, oh, they're just a house dog. No, they like to go outside. They're dogs. And they love to roll in the mud and all that kind of stuff. And then, yes, you give them a bath before you let them back in, right? But she used to love going to Pedro Park. Oh, my gosh. It was like her favorite thing to do. You open the car door and whoosh, she was in the car. And so we would go to Pedro <clears throat> Park. This is when I lived in Newlands. And um, she would run around. One of the fastest dogs I've ever had, especially for a small dog. But she absolutely loved that park because normally nobody was there like we would go and it was like we had the park to ourselves and she would jump on the park benches and she just run the whole length of the park and you'd throw a little ball and she just the the life any dog would want right so she used to have a fantastic time so you know I still share these memories and stories um about Coco with my daughter and um she's like oh right she used to come to this park and I said yep Coco loved it it looks a little bit different now because they have like a little shaded area. They've, they've done some renovations that look really nice, um, some upgrades to the park. And um, so she went with me to go to work. Now she gets bored, a six-year-old gets bored very, very easily. She's like, I'm bored. Can we leave now? And I said, no, I'm actually working. She's like, you're working? And I said, yeah, this is part of what I do for work. I cover events. I cover news. I go to stuff. You know, I got to live stream. I got to take pictures and she doesn't always get it, um, but she'll, she'll eventually get it. So I was saying to her, um, somebody the day before, I think was offering us some, some backpacks and stuff. And I said, no, no, no. I said, we're good. Um, Gianna has everything that she needs. So everywhere I go, people want to give me stuff like, oh, take this for Gigi. And I'm like, nope, if she doesn't need it, like really, she doesn't need it. Um, there's some beautiful ladies. I do have to visit them. I got to revisit them at the turtle farm because um, they gave her a little turtle pendant and she loves turtles. I don't know what it is with her and turtles, but she loves her a turtle, right? Um, and everything that she sees, like turtle pictures, turtle pendants, she wants everything, turtle plush toys. It's all about turtles. So she's like in love with turtles. So they gave her a little turtle pendant. And unfortunately, daddy kind of broke it. And she started crying when that happened. I was like, no, 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 we'll go and get you another one. So I need to go back. But they had given her this little pendant. This time I'm going to pay for it. I refuse to take another one because I'm like, no, 
total dad's fault. He broke it. Now we're going to pay for it. But they were so kind to like give her this little turtle pendant. And she was so excited to get this. She was just like, oh, it's so beautiful. And like I said, she just loves turtles. So anyway, we go to the event at Pedro and someone offered her a, um, they're like, oh, Sandy, you know, you can get a bag for her. And I said, no, she's good. Like she's got everything she needs. Because I don't like to take from people, um, even though it's free, and especially because it's free, when there are other people who are like genuinely in need. So, um, you know, her birthday was this week as well. So she got all kind of merch for her birthday. She got lots of LOL stuff because she's into LOL at the moment. And so the person turned to her and they said, oh, she was she was eating, I think she was having a piece of pizza or something. She's there for the food, let's be honest. <laughs> a child after my own heart. So they were like, oh, you know, would you like, um, would you like a backpack for school? And she says, no, thank you. I have one already. <laughs> and I said, good. You know, I remember when I was so much younger, I would see other people with their kids, like they were teaching their kids to beg. And I know this sounds really weird, but the children would like walk up to you and ask you for stuff. And I always thought, hmm, somebody's not really teaching this child to like good manners, good. I don't know what that is. Is that manners? I don't even know. But you don't take something if you don't need it, right? And so I'm so happy that I am, even if it's just a little bit instilling in her that, no, you don't need that. You've already got your supply of stuff. And more importantly, there are other people who need it, right? So there is a significant difference between a need and a want. And so if you do not need something, you do not take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially something as important as school supplies. So I was really tickled pink when her response was like, no, thank you, I have already. And it was just very instinctive. Like she didn't look at, she didn't have to look at me for a cue and what to say or anything like that. She was just like, no, I don't need it. I've got one already. And I was like, oh, that was like a mummy moment. Ugh. So, um, and then somebody else reached out again and they're like, oh, well, you know, we've got some backpacks. What does Gianna want? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Again, I said, she really doesn't need anything. But I said, I tell you what, I do have a young lady who has um, a few children and she still is trying to source two backpacks for her, her kids. So if I can uh, get those on her behalf, because I'll just pass those on to her, I would really, really appreciate it. Because a lot of people just, they're just giving it to me because it's like, oh, it's Sandy. Let's just give her something. But I use my, my uh, free ticket, <laughs> Right to help somebody else. So I was like, nope, this young lady needs them. And so I was so happy. Big shout out to the person who assisted me yesterday with getting the backpacks and the relevant supplies sorted. So I did the handover um, last night. So yeah, two more kids now have um, much needed backpacks. So tell me something, folks. Um, do backpacks not last more than a year now? Because, child, I don't know what y'all kids do, but back in my day, now I feel like I'm really, really old, <laughs> back in my day, we didn't get a new backpack every single year. That thing better lasted you a couple years, at least, right? And I know how kids can be with backpacks. They throw them down and, you know, you got to teach them also to take care of stuff. Because as Aunt Lottie would say, um, you know, nothing comes for free. Somebody had to pay for it, even if it wasn't you. And so you've got to really uh, do your best to take care of your things. And you don't just throw your stuff around. So sometimes we also need to teach our children 
the value of something that maybe they didn't necessarily pay for or you didn't necessarily pay for, but somebody paid for it. And all these backpacks that you see the MPs getting, they had to put an order together and, you know, bring those things on island. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it takes real effort and money and resources to make these things happen. Anybody still makes, um, well, I don't even know, because apparently they don't even give her kids books anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you have to come and read the book in school and you don't get a book to take home. I mean, when I was in high school and stuff, junior high school, uh, we had books and, um, you know, we would take our books home and we actually did, um, we made our book covers out of paper bags. Do you guys still do that? Is that still a thing, parents? Anybody still with me? Yeah. We would like, I would take the paper bag and you'd fold it and make your little book cover and put it, you know, to protect your book. Because again, you messed up your book. Nobody else wasn't giving you a book. You were just out of luck. So I don't know if parents are still doing these things. Uh, Daham, good morning to you. How are you? We've got Emma who's joining us. She said, good morning, CMR peeps. Blessed and productive day all. It's amazing the time you waste and quite often don't even realize it. Shall before you know it, you're like 80 years old if you're lucky. Um, Alice says that she watched that video like over 15 times. It's so adorable. I know. I think what's most adorable is the parents. They were just so excited. They're like, oh my God, look at what the baby just did. Marshall, good morning. K Man Detailing is here. Miss Rosemary uh, says, good morning, Sandy and fellow listeners. So good to see you, Miss Rosemary. Scott is here. Hey, Scott. So Scott and I are excited about um, Friday. Scott, shall we play our um, Friday commercial? Hold on now. Let me see if I've got it ready. So I keep hearing a a sound, which I think might might be my guess in the background. It sounds like a phone that your microphone is picking up. So just a little reminder to put your phones on silent for me because I keep hearing that ding, 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 ding. (laughs) And I know for sure that... um, it's not me because I don't have that ring in my phone. <laughs> so, so Scott, th- this is um, Scott has not yet seen this commercial, but Scott, I'm going to play it early. Um, it's coming up later in the regular spot, but I'm going to play it early so people can get excited about what we're doing Friday. So um, thank you, KK. Yes, you know, it takes time and energy to keep, to teach kids manners, and you know, a lot of times you got to stay on top of it. But she's she's really. Getting there. When she when you do something she doesn't like, she says, no, thank you. <laughs> Good morning to uh, Bishop Hero Blair. How are you? So good to see you. Where are you healing from this morning? He travels a lot. Um, KK said they should last forever, especially at Jansport. You wash them and they're good to go again. Yeah. I, and this perplexes me because I'm like, why do kids need a new backpack every single year if that's the case? If they do last forever. So somebody ain't taking care of their stuff. Aunt Lottie wouldn't be happy with y'all now. Uh, Nikki, good morning. You're still in that cruise? Natasha says, former government scrapped the book fees. Yes, we wrapped our books with brown paper bag and clear book sleeves when they came out. So they scrapped the book fees, but did they scrap the books? Because at one point they weren't even giving kids books. You had to be photocopying stuff, which to me is like really weird. Because don't kids like to like write in their book and highlight and do all that kind of stuff. I remember back in the day when you had a crush on a guy, anybody had a crush in high school? I had a crush on a guy in high school. Um, 
I can't even remember what his name was now. But anyway, uh, he was in my my piano, my keyboarding class, and he had a white patch genetic thing. One white patch in the front of his head. The rest of his head was pitch black, and he had this one white, white patch. I can literally still see him in my brain, but can't remember his name. So there you go. Um, good morning to Barbara. How are you? Um, I can't remember where he would, he would have had like a, a bit of a different, um, background, probably like Middle Eastern or Indian or something I'm thinking, but yes, had a beautiful head of hair and there was that one little white patch. And then speaking of memories from high school, um, in the seventh grade, here's something y'all might not know. When I was in the seventh grade, the shuttle challenger blew up. And I will remember that day probably forever. Even when I get my old age memory loss and whatever, I'll probably still remember that day because um, I had a, a English, uh, English, a science teacher named Mr. Gentile. That was his name. He was a little bit weird as a lot of science teachers can be like we, all the kids thought he was weird. And in class he had a tarantula. And so he'd feed it like bugs and stuff like that. So we were all like, ugh, like nobody wanted to see the tarantula eating a cockroach or whatever. It's like, oh my God. So anyway, um, that day I was in science, I was in seventh grade and I went to school that um, at the time, that was my, uh, what will they call like uh, middle school in the States, basically. And before you get to, no, I think that was, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that would have been middle school, seventh grade. Can't remember the name of the school now, but anyway, I could walk from my house at school, but it was a couple miles. It was a good little walk. Um, passing the graveyard and everything. It was like a movie sometimes. I was like, oh my God, walk past the graveyard really, really fast. So anyway, we go outside and we're looking and like, we're all excited. Oh, there's this, you know, cause when you're in Florida, the great thing about being in Florida is on a clear day, you can see the spaceships like go up and whatever. And so we were excited. So um, I, I, we all went outside as a class, part of our class project. We're going to do a whole thing in the Challenger. And we're sitting there looking up in the sky when it takes off. And there it goes, folks. And then we saw the white thing, like when it exploded, but we didn't know what it was. So as kids, we were like, junior high, thank you, Emma. We were like, uh, is that supposed to happen? What is that? And I think he would, he didn't know either. And he was like, um, let's go back inside and watch CNN and see what's going on. So we went inside only to see the headline said that the challenger had blew up. And we were like, blew up? What, what do you mean it blew up? Like it's, it's gone? The people are gone? Like imagine in your junior high, seventh grade brain, realizing that you just witnessed the challenger blow up and everybody on board are all lost souls. Like it took, I felt like in this day and age, they would have had to have given us therapy. See back then, they were like, yeah, y'all get over it. You'll be okay. We were tough, you know? Now they would be like, ooh, the children saw that. Oh God, get the therapist on the line. Mm-hmm. It's so different how, how we're now treated versus, versus years ago, right? So, um, so yeah, we witnessed the challenger blowing up. It was kind of a little bit crazy. Mm-mm-mm. My goodness. Um, so good morning to Miss Barbara. Uh, Nikki says that they're docking in Rotan right now. So this is a Caribbean cruise. It sounds like you're taking, uh, Akrina, good morning. Says coming from the newer generation. The reason we always wanted a new bag every year was due to social pressure 
if we didn't have a new bag, we'd get made fun of. And I can understand that. Um, and you know what is so weird is that here in Cayman, I love the fact in the States we didn't have school uniforms. So it was always like every year you had to go buy new school clothes and shoes. And my aunt was very, very traditional. So I always got the little penny, penny loafers, you know, um, if people looked at me, I guess they would have probably in this day and age, it'd be like, oh, you're so preppy. That would have been the term, but that's just how Aunt Lottie, they, you had a dress code, right? You couldn't be wearing all kinds of foolishness to school now. And so every year it was a brand new pair of penny loafers and my sneakers and whatever. But I like the fact that with school uniforms, you legitimately don't have to worry about that stuff. Like everybody more or less looks the same in their school uniforms. Although I realize that some of you guys um, are modifying your school uniforms and making little girls be making them extra tight and short and all kind of stuff. But um, I guess the only thing, Aquina, that you have left that shows a little bit of social status would be your backpack, right? So yeah, so you get a new backpack and if somebody's like, oh, you had that one last year, there is the pressure, the pressure's on. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And I totally understand it. Kim, joining us from Texas. So um, Scott, are you ready? Yeah, I'll get ready for this commercial. The Cold Hard Truth is going on the road. Come and join the show live and direct Friday, August 19th at Waffle Monkey with Sip and See with Sandy. Jump on the mic, have your questions answered, or just give a big shout out to the birthday girl. Waffle Monkey will be offering a sausage roll to everyone who stops in to say hi. Get your cup of amazing Costa Rican coffee, because you know CMR is going to keep it hot for you. Ooh, honey child, you don't want to miss it. All right, so that's our Sip and See coming up uh, this Friday, folks. Um, we'll do a little birthday celebration. Um, Scott is going to hook us up with some of those um, the sausage rolls that I'm always telling you guys about. I don't personally drink coffee, but he's got tea too. So maybe I'll have a cup of tea. And they have this beautiful Costa Rican coffee that I'm told you guys have to try if you like coffee. Like it's really, really good. So make sure that you mark your calendar for Sunday morning. We'll be doing the morning show from Waffle Monkey right there in the waterfront. Yeah, you will be coming in and saying hi to us. So we do have our guests uh, waiting in the back room. So let's go ahead and bring them in, all five of them, on time. Love to see young people on time. So first of all, we've got Lauren, who's up. Good morning, Lauren. I think you've muted yourself, so just unmute yourself for me. How's that? Are you hearing me yes, now? Hi. Absolutely. How are good. you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you this morning? We're good. We're good. Thank you so, for the opportunity. Um, thank you for bringing us on the show. Absolutely. So Lauren, tell us a little bit about um, your role in all of this and, and you know, kind of who you are. Absolutely. So my substantive post, I am the deputy chief officer of the portfolio of the civil service. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the last three weeks, I've been the acting chief officer of the portfolio because my boss, Gloria McField Nixon, is on a well-deserved break. Wonderful. So I have been holding down the fort in her absence. Mm -hmm. As you uh, may or may not know the portfolio of the civil service, we have responsibility for governance, policy, uh, and essentially Essentially, we are the HR center of expertise for the civil service. So we roll mm -hmm. out civil service policy. One of the other things that we handle as well is the student 
internship program, which is what mm -hmm. we're here to talk about today. So very excited to Beautiful. talk about that with you. And of course, as you know, I have four talented interns in the waiting room ready to share their stories. So I'm looking yes. forward to you asking them some great questions and then providing you some answers about their experience. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. So everybody give a warm welcome to Lauren Knight. Um, Dean, no, um, actually my birthday is on Thursday, but we're going to celebrate it for the purposes of the show um, over at Waffle Monkeys on Friday. So yeah, Thursday is my birthday. Oh, happy birthday when it comes. Thank you. Thank you. Excited. Yeah. Before All right. So we, let's see. Before who is, we, before we yes. move on to the interns, I'll just provide a little bit of um, an overview of the program just yes, for your absolutely. listening audience. Um, so the deputy governor has approved the, the um, CIG paid internship program. Mm -hmm. um, as you probably are aware, internships are one of the ways that we can develop future talent um, mm -hmm. and bring young Caymanians into the service and give them an opportunity to gain meaningful experience that can help them in the future. Um, it provides, the program provides work experience opportunities for young Caymanians, specifically those who have attained the age of 17. So that's the minimum age to enter the program. And those who are pursuing either secondary or tertiary education um, at a, or, or those in trade school as well actually can be included in the program. The program normally runs in the summer and winter months months, if, if you can say such a thing in Cayman, winter, December, Christmas, <laughs> yes. um, and runs for a minimum of a month to a maximum of three months, although there's an exception. If we have, you know, exceptional circumstances where an intern wants to stay on with us a bit longer, they can seek permission to do so, and we will facilitate that request. Um, mm -hmm. And essentially, a lot of the interns that we have come through are those who have been accepted into college or university and are just waiting to commence their studies. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for just a brief rundown on the program. So let's go ahead and bring some of our young folks in. We have um, the, some of these names sound very familiar or similar. So you have to forgive me if I get them wrong, but I have Aliyah Reed. Um, Aliyah, please tell me if I've gotten your name correct. Uh, yes, mom, you got it correct. Okay, awesome. So Aliyah, thank you for joining us. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, everyone. I'm all right. How are you? Good. So good to see you. And then the next young lady, the name is spelled differently, but I feel like it's pronounced very, very similar. You got um, it. Is, is it also Aliyah General? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And we have Shanique Letman. Good morning, Shanique. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. And we also have Jonathan Woods. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Okay, so we're getting a little bit of background noise. I'm not sure quite where that's coming from. Um, let me just, I'm going to just mute. Okay, I think it's Aaliyah General. Let me just turn it back on. Yeah, there's something in your, so I'm just going to mute you for a second. Try to figure out, let me just bring you out of the studio. Try to figure out what's giving it. Almost sounds like a little bit of a breeze or something weird that's <laughs> coming in and being picked up by your mic. So just have a look at that and then we'll bring you back in on screen. So look at this, uh, folks. 
beautiful Caymanian faces who participated in the um, internship program over the summer. So um, Aaliyah Reed, let's start with you. Tell us where you did your internship. Hello, um, just to briefly introduce myself once again, my name is Aaliyah Reed. I'm yes. 19 years old. I'm currently studying arts management in London. And oh, wow. as of right now, I'm with the Ministry of Youth, Sports, Culture and Heritage for their summer internship program. Beautiful. So did you have a choice in deciding where you wanted to intern? Uh, definitely. I went through the application process and mm-hmm. they asked you what you're interested in. So, of course, with my line of degree, I knew I really wanted to work with the Ministry of Youth, Sports, Culture and Heritage. Mm-hmm. And then I applied and I was successful with my application. Okay, very good. Awesome. So you're studying in London. When do you when do you go back to school? I go back in the second week of September. The second week in September. All right. So you'll continue interning right up until that point or? Uh, by the end, is, the end of the month. Okay. Awesome. Now during your internship, tell us what are some of the key things that you have um, learned whilst working in that particular ministry? Well, again, with my line of um, degree, I think mm-hmm. it would be really good for my actual, to pick this ministry because I'm working with culture and heritage with Caymanian artists and, you know, that whole scope of work. So mm-hmm. I thought that really that benefited me a lot to put my studies to actual practice, you know, developing me as a future leader. Um, another benefit that I have done, it has put me in a different work environment and workspace. You know, I come to work just very professional. I have mm-hmm. present myself in a certain way, you know, basically leading me up to what I will be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. So it has benefit me in a lot of those areas. It has exposed me a lot because, you know, I haven't been in this type of environment before. Mm. So it's been really preparing me for the future. Wow. So you had to step it up a little bit. Yeah. Pull out that professional face every day. Get it all uh, made yeah. up and get ready to go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really, really, really wonderful. Congratulations, young lady. Thank all right. You. Let us go now to Shanique. Um, Shanique, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? We're good. And so tell us a little bit, Shanique, about yourself and what it is that you're studying and then where you're doing your internship. Sure. So my name is Shanique and again, um, Letman. I'm married now, sorry. <laughs> and um, I am currently studying my paralegal studies. So I'm interested in the law um, mm. field. I'm also interested um, in the HR field as well. And I'm currently doing my internship um, in the RCIPS um, department. And I'm okay. working under the HR officers as well as um, giving a helpful uh, hand within the reception area. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say my time within this area has been really eye-opening. Um, on the outside, it seems as if, you know, but at the end of the day, when you get within a unit and you understand their responsibilities and you mm-hmm. understand why it is that they have to do so many things to keep the island safe, then you realize that, you know, at the end of the day, there's only so much that a human person can do at the end of the day. And they're doing well, I mean, from the HR team, and I would bring it straight down to the officers. Mm-hmm. I would say that each each and every one of them have been a helpful hand towards the unit and ensuring that it that it works effectively for the island. 
Right. So you get a little bit of an inside view on um, what happens behind the scenes, all the safety and uh, your takeaways. They do a lot more than we would probably recognize or realize. Okay, wonderful. So Shanique, thank you very much. Um, Aliyah, are we going to try it again? So let's go ahead and bring you in. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, How are you? I'm good. Um, it's still there a little bit, but we'll work with it, not to worry. So <laughs> Aliyah, um, go ahead and introduce yourself to us and let us know um, what you're studying, if you're in school, and then where you're doing your internship. So my name is Aliyah General. I'm currently studying sociology and international relations at the University of Darby. Um, and I work with the portfolio of the civil service and the civil civil service college. Ah, very nice. So she is working with you, Lauren. Yes, yes. Yes, beautiful. All right, now tell us um, what are some of the key things that you have learned since uh, working in that particular section of government? I think one of the key things I've learned has definitely been that I... I'm capable of so much more than I had previously thought. I think when a lot of young people go into internships, they're expecting maybe to just be like a glorified secretary or to just kind of work with basic administration tasks. But the team at Civil Service College has been very helpful in making sure that I have projects that I can get my hands on mm-hmm. and that I can really make my mark on. So I feel like I'm contributing to the team as well. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's interesting um, that you're actually working with the Civil Service College as well. Because I think maybe on Friday we're going to have, um, we know that UCCI works closely with the Civil Service College. So they're going to be um, I think coming on to the program a little bit later in the week, but uh, not to be left out. We've got Jonathan. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you? I'm just going to, um, yes. Thank you, Aliyah, for muting yourself. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so Jonathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. So Jonathan, tell us uh, what you've been up to. What's your area of study and where you are doing your internship this summer? Well, a quick introduction is my name is Jonathan Woods. I am 22 years old and I just completed my bachelor's program at UCCI. Mm-hmm. I did a double major. So one was in management and one was in marketing. Oh, and nice. Yeah, I just finished. And I'm now a full-time employee at government. I work what? in the- Congratulations. Yes, Jonathan is actually one of our success stories, as oh, is wow. Miss Shanique. Um, she she didn't mention that, but we've brought her on full time as well. So I wanted to feature some internship success stories. These yes. two young people came in as interns. They made their mark. They made a lasting impression. And then when the full time job opportunity came mm-hmm. up, they both applied and were successful. So I thought. Wow. Wow. It was very important to highlight just how well this program Absolutely. works for those interns who apply themselves on the job. I'll hand it back over to Jonathan, but I, <laughs> I just didn't want to miss that opportunity to shine some light on how yes. well the program can work for young Caymanians. Beautiful. Yes. So Jonathan, where, where did you do your internship and where are you permanent now? So I did my internship with the portfolio of the civil service in Mm -hmm. in the subdivision of the civil service college, which was last year. And this year I'm now at internal audit service where I am the office manager slash audit assistant. 
Look at that. Manager. Yay. We, we got to use a little special button for that. <laughs> that is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Nice with you. you, a manager at age 22. How does it feel? <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> Lots of work, I'm sure. Yes, um, and again, you studied at UCCI, and I want to big up UCCI a little bit here because, you know, not every person has to run overseas and overseas university. If you have those opportunities, I always encourage people, even just to experience a different culture for a couple of years, um, different food, miss your home cooking, you know, so when you come back, you really appreciate what Cayman has to offer. That's great. But there's a lot of um, wonderful opportunities right here in the Cayman Islands, educational opportunities that will then set you up to be able to, you know, have these wonderful job opportunities, such as Jonathan, um, now with the civil service. So you're in, you said in the audit department? Yes, ma'am. Ah, okay. Well, that sounds super interesting. Are you getting to use any of your marketing? You mentioned, um, of course, that you have uh, part of your degree program is marketing. Are you getting to use that as office manager yet? Or, you know, where are you at with that part of your education? Well, currently, I've been in the position for like a month and a half. I haven't used my marketing side of things, but I will get to it because we're looking at creating a website. So I'll be or I'm a part of the team that will help, you know, promote the internal audit service or mm-hmm. say the work that we have completed. So I'll use it eventually. Beautiful. Yes. So, yes, it's coming. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what is so interesting? And I think um, Shanique mentioned this as well. You know, you might have a particular interest, like maybe it's law and HR. And sometimes you're not even like really sure. So when you go to university, you take a couple different, like you might major in something and minor in something else. But I want to tell you that in life, when you get in a position you will use at some point um, through your professional career, all of the skill set that you're acquiring um, in your academic uh, training. And then you will, on top of that, learn some very, very practical things on the job as well. So Shanique, congratulations to you as well, young lady. Um, yes, you didn't share with us that you're permanent. So are you permanent now within RCIPS or have you gone somewhere else? No, within the RCIPS. Within the RCIPS. Okay, congratulations. That's wonderful. And um, I can tell you that um, HR and law, you know, if you're interested in maybe pursuing, you know, the legal element one day, getting a law degree, whatever, they very much, they go hand in hand because you got to know the labor laws and you've got to understand all sorts of legal elements um, when it comes to human resources, as well as a lot of other things, really. So congratulations to you, young lady. Magdalene, giving a big shout out um, to... Oh, she says Joseph. No, this is Jonathan. Did I say Joseph? Accidentally. It's Jonathan Woods. Yes, don't get it confused. <laughs> Jonathan. Miss <laughs> um, Morna says congrats. Dean is sending his congratulations as well as Miss Debbie and KK. Our listeners are here for it. So, folks, don't forget if you have any questions for our guests, you can call in. 936-2626 is the number. Or maybe just call in and, and say to them, job well done. Um And of course, you can always send your comments on social media for those of you who are listening to Facebook and YouTube as well. So we've got uh, four young people who are moving up the ladder in terms of their employment within the civil service. And you guys will remember, actually, I'm not going to remind you because this is an opportunity for us to give away some merchandise. So give me one second. Let me just grab a calendar. If you've been paying attention, this should be a really, really, really super easy question. But we're going to give you guys um, a giveaway to one of our listeners for our, let's do our, our organizers because we're getting into um, 
are getting into going back to school. So of course, um, we've got our organizers here and they come in different colors. So, oops, my apologies. Uh, so we've got a purple, kind of a greenish and then a bluish color. And these are your 18 month weekly planners to keep your student life or any kind of life really um, organized. So these are great if you're a student especially, but even if you're not a student, they're super handy. So we're gonna do a little um, impromptu giveaway this morning. And you will get um, a little gift certificate as well to Waffle Monkey. So you can go by and have a coffee or get a waffle or whatever along with it. So here's your trivia question. I'm, it's a two-parter. Who was the first guest when the cold hard truth, and it's kind of connected to the people who are on the show this morning, who was our first guest to come on the show? Day one, back on March the 28th, when the cold hard truth went live on Bobo uh, 89.1 FM. So it's the first part of the question. The second part is what did he say? So I've just narrowed it down to for you now. So you know it's a man. What did he say? He said kind of a key phrase while he was here about the civil service. So you've got to get it both right. Who was it? And what did he say that was a big takeaway um, during the program? So 9362626. Um don't send it on WhatsApp because y'all know right now I'm not looking at WhatsApp messages live. So send it in the chat if you think you know the answer. So yes, that's going to be um, one of you will get an organizer and then a little gift certificate. So yeah, let's see if anybody can guess that. Um, so Lauren, you must be really, really excited. How many uh, young people did you have in the internship program this particular summer? Uh, we had approximately 120 what? this summer, um, the largest wow. year on record, if we exclude 2020, because as we all know, 2020 yes. was quite the year um, and we had to bring temporary staff and interns in to assist with certain things. So I'm excluding 2020, but um, the largest year on record was actually 2019 when we had just under 200 interns. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot. And so um, during the summer, then um, you guys are very busy, mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. organizing them and where they're going and, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. I mean, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of young people to mm -hmm. keep. Um, now, how, do, how does it impact the civil service over the summer months? Uh, do you find, um, you know, that maybe if you had some shortages in a particular department, you can kind of slide them in and then it kind of helps that department as well. Or mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It comes in handy when we have staff shortages. Just one, one second okay. for me. Ooh, this, this call seems to be very loud today, but here we go. We've got <laughs> someone who's going to try their luck. So um, good, morning, good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Yeah. Is it with Deputy Franz Manderson? Yes, that's the first one. So we got the and first he's one. always right? talking about first class in the civil servant. The, the second part isn't quite right, but you've got the first part right. So it was France Manderson, oh and there was God. something specific that he said that day. Oh, I yeah, not not work. world class. He's been, he's been talking about the world class civil service for a while, but this was very very specific to that day and about him coming in the program. So um, you came in first. No, but but try back. Okay. Have it. Have a think about it, and try back. Okay. And um, yeah, but you're, you're, you're definitely on the right path. Okay. Okay. You. All right. <laughs> so yes, um, Miss Dorothy got that first part right as well. She said, deputy governor, mm -hmm. Mr. Francis Anderson, 
But what did he say? There was something very, very specific that he said that day. So Marva sending her congratulations to all of our Caymanian youth. Miss Rhonda is also here saying congrats to all. A great job. Akina says deputy governor. And he said he started work as an intern and then he got the job after. Well, he did say that, but that's not the phrase that I'm looking for. This is more of like a phrase, like a, you know, rat, a rattling, like a, a, a call to victory kind of thing. So think I, about it. I think I know. I think I know, but I'm not going to help the listeners. I'm going <laughs> to let them yes. uh, give it a think and see if they can figure it out. But yes, on the note yeah. that... Uh, one of your um, listeners raised about the deputy governor starting as an intern. Yes. I think that's a great thing to highlight while we're on the show. So talk about a successful internship. <laughs> the deputy governor started out as an intern and now he is the head of the civil service. So it just shows that when you come in as an intern, if you, you know, if you do what it is that you're here to do and you make an impression and you work hard and you study and you persevere that ultimately the sky is the limit like you can go all the way to the top if you set your mind to that goal so I mm -hmm. think that's a beautiful story and one that we should highlight when we're on this show talking about the CIG internship pro program um, mm -hmm. Gloria McField Nixon the chief officer of the portfolio of the civil service she also started out with the CIG as an intern so another success story yes absolutely for sure um yay miss dorothy yeah that's exactly what i was thinking you got it yes absolutely he said no silent victories no more silent victories no more silent victories that's yeah. right no yes. more silent victories so miss dorothy um what's up me and let me know which uh, color you'd like. So the purple is beautiful. They're all beautiful. We've got blue, say, go for purple, um, purple and green. So let me know which um, planner. This is your 18 month weekly planner that you would like. And I will definitely hook you up uh, with one of these. But yes, he said no more silent victories. And uh, that was Deputy Governor um, Purple. Got it. All right. We got you down for the purple. So yes, he said no more silent victories. And essentially what that means is um, they're going to tell you guys all the wonderful things that they're doing as a civil service, because if we don't know, then we don't know. Right. So good job, Dorothy. Congratulations to you. Um, I'll arrange to get that to you later on. Ms. Morna says, um, he wants to see more Caymanians in the civil service. Well, that may be, but, um, yes, he said no more silent victories. And this is an example folks of, um, all of the beautiful people uh, that we have that's part of this success story coming into the civil service. So I'm really happy to um, see these young people here. So what have been some of the challenges? Because, you know, you never go into a new internship or job opportunity, um, Aliyah, Aliyah, Shanique, and Jonathan, without having some challenges. So let's talk about what you found challenging during your internship or during just your young work career so far. So Jonathan, let's start off with you. What have been some of the challenges? Well, coming straight from university to an intern, it was like a new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So instead of waking up at 10 a.m. and attending two <laughs> classes per day, I was now sitting at my desk from 8.30 to 5 yes. p.m. Also, instead of being in the comfort of my home, which was how it was for the past two years from COVID, I was in mm -hmm. the office where I had to interact with individuals constantly. 
And these new hours and new living conditions, it took some time to get adjusted to. <laughs> but once I got it, it became the new normal. And I am, and I also did enjoy every minute of it while I was an intern. And I'm continuing to enjoy it. Okay. So just a challenge of managing time, basically. Time management. Yeah making sure that you're getting up and got enough time to get ready, get to work on time, uh, being in a professional office environment. So you can't walk around in your pajamas half the day anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) absolutely. Um, Shanique, what have been some of the challenges uh, for you? Well, I wouldn't really call it a challenge, Mm -hmm. but um, I would say getting to know the units, um, their functions and responsibilities, Mm -hmm. um, as well as, um, getting to know the names of each and every person that passes across me on a daily basis. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, not a challenge, but more of me adapting. And I would say um, it's been pretty good. Okay, awesome. So, um, and that's important too, what Shanique is mentioning, because depending on, on, you know, where you're interning or where you're working, you might not even have a whole lot of background knowledge about that particular department or ministry or unit. So there is definitely a learning curve where you have to, you know, learn a bit more about who they are and what it is that they do. And um, also, most importantly, what your role is now in supporting that particular um, department and those people. So, um, Aliyah General, how about you? Tell us what some of the challenges have been for you. I think, uh, like you said, with any new position, any new entry internship, you're going to come across some stumbling blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest ones for me was probably getting used to uh, working in a working environment, like Jonathan said, mm-hmm. um, being in university and, and just being able to, for me, I had about three classes per week, roughly, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I my schedule wasn't too tight and I wasn't really expected to um continuously be in a nine to five setting right whereas now it's just like okay i need to make sure that i have my lunch prepared for the day before and i have i know what i'm gonna wear and i have to get Mm -hmm. up at this time so that finding that balance as well as coming into work and like i said earlier because i have more responsibilities now um getting used to that workload and that expectation and just mm. reminding myself on a regular basis that if these if my co-workers didn't think I could do it they wouldn't have given me the task I think that was one of the biggest hurdles for me mm-hmm. wow very good well thank you for that that's awesome um Aaliyah Reed young lady what have been some of the challenges um that you have discovered as you transition into your internship program uh so far uh just like Aaliyah said um, the whole time management, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a big transition, even for us, you know, still in school, you know, coming home for summer, it's somewhat of a vacation for us, but, you know, we're home and I like to put my studies to practice. That was another mm-hmm. difficulty, you know, we study theory in school um, and we do a bit of experience, but, you know, to come home and fully put it to practice in, you know, a ministry or a different department, you get to adjust yourself and see the you know, I worked on fine arts in certain areas. Can I do it over here in events? Mm-hmm. So that was a bit, um, I wouldn't say it necessarily a challenge. It's just me getting used to what I will be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, balance with your life. You know, we're all young. You know, we want to balance having work, having a social life. And it's mm-hmm. all just a learning curve, as Aaliyah said. And, you know, the more practice and we have great staff that support us as young people that I really value. 
So it's all a really great support system that helps us with those challenges and difficulties. Yes. And you hit on something there, Leah, that's really important. Life work balance. You know, you've got to have it. You can't be in work mode uh, 24 seven, no matter who you are, what job you do, because you've got to take care of your mental and psychological uh, well-being, your physical well-being. You need to find time to exercise and go for a walk and, you know, taking a little bit of the beautiful sun that's outside. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because even as a young person, as you start to embark on, you know, your internship and your professional careers, um, I think the earlier you discover that you don't have to be go, go, go 24 seven in work mode, the better quality of life you will have because a lot of people start off that way and then they recognize that it's not sustainable. And so, you know, mid thirties, early forties, they start to have families already. They're feeling like super burnt out. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know what? I am still a university student. I'm coming home. I need to find time to spend with family and catch up with friends and do other stuff that perhaps uh, when you're overseas, you're not able to do so. Um, that's a really, really fantastic point. Now, Lauren, uh, we hear them mentioning, you know, some of the challenges are just time management, working in a professional environment, finding that balance. What, through the internship program, does the civil service offer by way of support? Um, is there any sort of a, like introduction into the internship program? Mm -hmm. Do you kind of prepare them? And if so, how do you do that? Yeah, so we do have um, an orientation for the interns, um, which is basically a general orientation, just introducing them to the civil service, outlining expectations, introducing them to the code of conduct, that type of thing. On top of that, um, I can speak specifically to what is done in POCS. So when POCS brings interns in, what we try to do is pair each intern up with a mentor. So in addition to having that person supervise them and, and set their work for the day or the week or the entire period, there's also an opportunity for the young person to be mentored and to ask questions about, you know, the working environment, about work in general. Um, essentially, we can guide them through their career choices if they want. We can mm -hmm. help them to decide, you know, which path to go and what we think would work best based on our observations of their performance and their interests and those types of things. So we add that extra layer just to try to make the experience more beneficial for the individual. Um, Jonathan can speak to this as well. Um, Jonathan and I have had many conversations and I have now agreed to actually be his mentor now that he's a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's just learning the ropes over an internal audit, not very familiar with it, whereas I'm an internal auditor by trade. That's my background. Mm -hmm. um, so I have offered to mentor him, provide guidance, advice as he begins to learn the trade and makes a decision ultimately as to whether he wants to stay on mm -hmm. um, in, in that career or perhaps transition to another career within the civil service. So it, it's another layer that we add just to make the experience mm -hmm. more beneficial and to make sure that young Caymanians get everything that they can from the experience. Wow. Well, that's fantastic because I cannot say enough 
for um, mentors. I mean, even in high school, I had a mentor who happened to have been a judge in Tampa. And, you know, it's not that we met, like his schedule was obviously super busy, but, you know, just every once in a while to have someone that you could talk and sit down with and give you career advice. In fact, the most interesting thing about my um, degree path was it was based on advice from him. Like I listened to him and he said to me, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm interested in law. Um, definitely want to go to law school. And in the U.S., the system's a little bit different. So you get a bachelor's degree first before you go on um, to do the law degree. And he said, you know what? Um, someone who had been on the bench a long time, he said, if I had to do it all again, I think he was a political science major. But he said, if I had to do it all again, I would actually um, choose English as my major. And I thought, well, that's weird. Why? <laughs> and so he said, because in order to do well in law school, you don't know, you don't need to actually know anything about the law that you will learn. What you need are good reading and writing and comprehension skills and nothing in life prepares you better for that than an English degree. And I thought, hmm, you know, in my young, what would I have been at the time? I don't know, 15, 16 year old brain. I had never thought of that. And to me, that was like, wow, yeah, that makes good sense. And that's exactly why I chose um, in the English department, professional technical writing, because I thought, okay, this is going to prepare me to have the underlying skill set that I need to then go on and move on to that next step. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was absolutely right, because by the time I got to law school, I would see people, you know, struggling to, to write their papers and put their dissertations together. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a much easier path. Um, it, it led me to procrastinate sometimes. I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely a lot easier. So um, young folks take advantage of mentors because they can offer you so much advice, just a leaning shoulder, an ear to listen to. Um, you know, it's just, I think, one of those things that every single professional, even as you mature in your life, um, you should be paired with a mentor, someone who's been at it longer than you have, who's had more successes and failures than you, mm-hmm. and that can really give you some good advice as you traverse your professional, um, your professional life. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that, um, mentorships are available. And if you're someone who, um, you know, last week we had Mr. Cleveland on and the resembled program, they're also looking for mentors and volunteers. And I wanted to kind of touch on this briefly, because if you're someone who has something to offer, and sometimes I think you don't even recognize that you have something to offer. Like I have um, a business owner that I deal with all the time. I'm going to put her, um, you guys go ahead and call and tell her I'm talking about her this morning. <laughs> I'm going to put her in the hot seat a little bit, but Miss um, Irma Arch. So she always says, oh, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't academically inclined. So I didn't go off to university. I didn't take that path. I didn't do that. But yet she's ran a successful shipping, um, you know, and freight forwarding business for over 35 years. So that says a lot about, you know, her skill set, despite not having a piece of paper, despite not having a degree. Mm-hmm. She is one of the few women, uh, the only woman that I know that is heading up her company in that particular industry, which is a really tough industry to be in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she might not, she's a t- typical person who might not recognize that they have, um, you know, the ability to mentor a young person and to train a young person and to really teach a young person the ropes of being a business owner mm-hmm. and, you know, specific to her business. But don't limit yourself if you've done well in life. Um, Give yourself a pat on the back. Remember, no more silent victories. Mm -hmm. And then reach out to help someone else. Mm -hmm. Reach out to our young people to see how you can mentor them. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's every Saturday you're going to grab a coffee at Waffle Monkeys and sit down and talk to them about how things are going. And just so that they can have 
You know, we all have those moments, I feel like, at work where you need someone to talk to outside of work. <laughs> Don't yeah. make your, your person that you're going to complain to be um, a coworker because that's <laughs> never a great idea. But, um, yeah, so I think that mentorship is, uh, is, you know, something that we need to explore more in this community. And all of us, I feel, have more that we could be given back in that regard as well. And funny enough, just this week, I don't know what's going on in media this week, but I've had a few people, um, one from ICCI reach out. So they want to do an interview for a class project that they're working on. And then someone else is doing um, for a regional organization, they're doing um, you know some media research and stuff as well. So both of those individuals reached out about you know just speaking with me on record and doing interviews. And I'm always like, whatever, however I can help. You know, if it's just an interview or whatever I can do to help young people, I think that we absolutely have to um, do that. So Miss Marva says, Aaliyah Reed, your sisters um, all say congrats and they're watching you. Uh, so proud of you. I'm just realizing that that's your mom, actually. <laughs> Didn't put it together there, Marva. Miss um, Morna says, congrats, my friend. Miss Dorothy says, thanks so much. I remembered because um, I remember that because the civil service was my first job coming back from college. Wonderful. And uh, Marva says, thank you, CMR, for hosting our youth. Uh, Philip says, congrats to all, and especially to Jonathan. Um, it's so great to see our young people excelling and being celebrated. I wish more of the private sector would embrace this type of program too. Give our young people a chance and they will make you proud. So tired of hearing the rhetoric that all key managers are lazy and don't want to work. Absolutely, uh, Philip. And this is an an amazing um, example of a program that's obviously working mm -hmm. within the civil service, as you can see, as a result of at least two people um, so far, Jonathan and uh, Shanique, you know, being involved in the, um, in the program, they're able to now move on to full-time positions within the civil service. And this mm -hmm. is exactly what we want. And I must say, you know, a lot of times we can find a million reasons to complain about young people, but listen, we have, Four young people in the program this morning, plus another hundred plus who were in the program, um, in the um, summer program that we should be all celebrating. So, Laura, Lauren, uh, tell me how are we going to celebrate them? Are we having a party at the end of? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that question. Yes. Um, one of the tasks that we actually give our interns is to organize um the the celebratory um party for for all interns Beautiful. so we actually put them to the test we see what they've learned um in terms of organization skills and and um event planning mm -hmm. and so they actually are responsible i <laughs> As I'm saying this, I'm starting to realize it doesn't sound great. We're asking them to plan their own party. But um, <laughs> but it is one of the things that we task them with is pulling together the event at the end of the summer where they all come together to celebrate their successes. They share food and drinks. And we actually have some awards that we hand out to mm -hmm. the top interns in different categories. And those categories are aligned with the CIG core competencies um, so we we celebrate 
a person who we felt delivered uh, exceptional results, someone who helped to build capacity and someone who exemplified what it is to work together. So, um, you know, right down to establishing the criteria for how intern nominations will be judged and mm -hmm. how the, the winners will be selected. And then, of course, we have an independent panel who selects the actual winners. But yes, mm -hmm. um, our interns are celebrated at the end of each internship program. Mm -hmm. um, the deputy governor makes an appearance. Other chief officers make an appearance and share some inspiring words. And then, of course, we hand out the awards, which usually come with a small token of appreciation. So absolutely, we have a party. Wonderful. Nothing like celebrating the good stuff. So uh, Miss Charlene says, Aaliyah Reed, grandma is watching and I'm so proud of my princess. <laughs> Getting lots of love for our young people this morning. So folks, as we start to wrap up this particular segment, you can call in and show some love. 936-2626 is the telephone number if you'd like to do so. And of course, um, lots of people are commenting online as well. Yes, I always say, listen, as much as we want to um, talk about young people, I think we need to make sure that we're encouraging them. Uh, all of the ones that are doing a fantastic job, getting up every day, going to work, being responsible, as Aaliyah General said, you know, planning her lunch, make sure she's got everything organized for the day. Jonathan is up and at him. Shanique, you know, they're doing a fantastic job, folks. So let's ensure that as a community, we talk about them as much as we talk about anything else on this program. Yes. And we show them lots and lots of love and support as they begin their journeys and as they continue on. So I think if my memory serves me correctly, We've got both Aaliyahs that are going to be going back to university at the end of their internship program. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So um, when you, um, Aaliyah General, when you get ready now to return, um, what do you think you have learned during your internship that you will take into even your university life? I think I'll learn to be flexible and moldable to various situations. Um, I think to, to be able to excel in any field, you have to have a certain level of um, movement to you so that you're not too stagnant in one area. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I came into the civil service, I wasn't necessarily looking for any particular um, field that I was going into. I wasn't particular about where they would put me to work. I was just happy to help and happy to have the exposure. So I think mm -hmm. I'll definitely carry that with me to university as if they have any internships over there as well and any job opportunities, assessments, that kind of thing. Right. Wow. So you're thinking just grab internships wherever you can because that's a continuing opportunity to be able to learn and just essentially um, pick up some additional experience. Absolutely. Yep. And um, the other, Aaliyah? What, what are you going to be taking back with you from this internship that you can perhaps incorporate into your school life? Two major things that I'll be taking back is definitely the key importance of collaboration. I feel like working with my ministry, just hearing different thoughts from my fellow interns, hearing thoughts from, you know, my chief officers, mm -hmm. collaborating that in all the work that I do. I know that opinions like I say, they value our opinion very deeply, which I really mm -hmm. have in my ministry. So they listen to all of us. We get ideas. We draw from each other. We draw from 
each other's energy. So the key of collaboration, I think I really learned over this summer, can build a greater experience and overall achieve the goal way better than you can imagine. And another thing that I'll be taking back is definitely, like Aliyah said, being flexible and molding into different situations. And mm-hmm. you know, challenging yourself is not always bad. Challenging yourself is growth in overall. And I think, like I said, once you just have that collaboration and that support, it'll be a great experience and you'll absolutely love it. Wonderful. All right. So let's do one more giveaway because I want to make sure that you guys have been paying attention during the show today. (laughs) So the question is going to be in relation to Jonathan. Oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right. So Jonathan mentioned um, what his area of study, he actually mentioned two things. I'm going to make it a little bit easier on you. If you can get one of those two correct, Um, that's part of the question. And then the other part of the question is where has Jonathan, um, actually now been placed within the civil service? So first question is what did he mention as his area of study? Mentioned it was UCCI. So that'll maybe help narrow it down for you. And again, we're going to give you guys some beautiful 18 week, uh, planners. It has both the monthly and weekly format, um, personal details, contacts. You can even have a little section for weights and currencies, just to keep your life organized. They are gorgeous. So um, we've got, oh, let me tell you what colors. We have one blue left and two of the green. So you can choose either one of those if you can get, again, two-part question. First part is what did Jonathan study and where is he actually placed now? 9362626 is telephone number. If you've been half paying attention, half a cup of coffee, this one should be super easy. So look at that. Amori got it already straight out of the barn. She says marketing and the audit department. Yay, Amori. (laughs) Congratulations. Yes, that is the correct answer. So um, Tissa was on her heel coming in very shortly after that. And Tammy um, was also on it. But according to what I saw first on the screen, Amori, congratulations. Uh, just WhatsApp us your details, 9362626, and we'll arrange to get you. Oh, you have to let me know what color. So you still can choose between um, the green and blue. So let me know which one you'd like. So yes, marketing was one of the things he mentioned and the audit department. So it looks like a lot of you are paying attention. Very good. So Ms. Barbara says, congrats to all. So happy to say that I have a grandson among the ranks. Beautiful. All right. So when is the celebratory event going to take place? Um, Lauren, do you have a date set as yet? Oh, it took place. Oh, it happened already? Yeah, because we had some interns that needed to return um, to, you know, wherever, whichever country they were studying in. So to make sure that we could include everyone in the celebration, we had it, I think, about three weeks ago now, if my yes. memory serves and me I correctly. think that's what I saw. And I said, wait a minute, why didn't I know anything about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've, we've yes. done it and it went very awesome. well. The organizing team, the intern organizing team did an amazing job. It was one of the best we've had. Wow. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a WhatsApp message that has come in. This person says, very impressive interns. K-Man's future is in good hands. Yep. And I mean, when you think about the story I shared about the DG starting as an intern, mm-hmm. we could be looking at a future DG in this group. Mm-hmm. We could you never be. know. 
you never know. It could be one Absolutely. of these four or it could be one of the other interns that we had in this year or in a previous year. So you just never know. It just speaks to the success of the program and how, you know, how interns can progress through the ranks and make it all the way to the top. Wonderful. All right, folks. So again, uh, we've got Jonathan, Aliyah Reed, Aliyah General, Shanique Letman, Lauren over um, at the civil service um Portfolio of portfolio the yeah, of the service of the Fox joining us this morning. Thank you guys very much for coming on the program, and we wish you all of the you know possible success that uh, life has to offer. Of course, you do your part, work hard, continue to study hard in school, get that piece of paper because <laughs> that makes all the difference now, um, and come back. And the civil service is um, is working with our young people through this internship program. Do you do anything outside of the summer internship, um, Lauren? Like, do you do anything? Can they, when they come back for any other breaks, are they able to do anything or is it mostly just summer? Um, no, we do Christmas as well. So when they okay. come home for the Christmas break, we have internship opportunities then as well. And as I mentioned previously, in certain situations, if um, an intern wishes to extend the period of their internship with um, permission from the deputy governor, that can be facilitated. We've mm -hmm. had a few situations where, um, you know, a, a start date for university didn't quite work out. And mm -hmm. so the intern just wanted to stay on with us until it was time to actually go off and mm -hmm. with you know with permission um, they were able to stay on so we try to facilitate interns as best possible so that they can gain meaningful experience while waiting to start university beautiful and marshall overseas says i know you as lauren bush <laughs> that's the one that's so the main well, name <laughs> well done with the works uh with the young interns so thank you marshall uh, marshall where are you today i know he was traveling yesterday normally he's in north carolina but he was go doing a little road trip yesterday all right folks so again thank you young folks and miss lauren for coming on the program today um you can all now go and tell your friends this is the amazing part you can go tell your friends. I was in Cayman Mall Road this morning mm -hmm. and it was for something really, really good and super exciting. <laughs> yes. And, and so again, we would, um, we would like to thank, thank you, you for the opportunity for bringing us on this show. Um, hopefully we have spread the word and now young Caymanians know about the CIG's internship program. Yes. They know that if there are seven. How can they find out more about it? Well, they can reach out to the portfolio of the civil service. Okay. Um, we have a general inbox, CIG HR Connect. They can send an email there to ask mm -hmm. any general questions that they might have about the program. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, thank you for the opportunity, you know, allowing us to shine some light on this program, spread the word. And as the DG said, no more silent victories. So, so thanks for allowing us to brag a little bit about the work that it is that we've done with this And program. look at these thank beautiful Caymanian faces, folks, that look we are bragging that. about. Yes. Uh, Dean weighs in. He says, I think media needs to highlight much more of these positives. Excellent show, Sandy. And Marshall is back in North Carolina already. So, all right, folks, um, thank you very, very much. We're going to be heading off to our news break again. So, again, a big round of applause to um, our young people. We appreciate you coming on the program. We appreciate you doing your part, you know, working hard. Um, you know, we need civil servants. That's the background, uh, backbone of so many things, so many services and so on. 
that are offered um, in this country. And we need good, capable individuals uh, in these various positions. So congratulations to all of you. Special congrats to Jonathan and Samik, uh, Shanique, who now have permanent placements within the civil service. And we're really looking forward to hearing more about your progression through the service um, in the years to come. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, thank Lauren, um, thank you again for coming on today. Thank, thank you. you. For, thank you for inviting us. Thank you. All right, folks. So stay tuned um, for these messages from Kevin Wattler, who uh, covers our news every single day. He keeps you guys updated on the latest news happenings. And we'll be right back after these brief messages. Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service continues to investigate the armed robbery at the Liquor Finesse on McClendon Drive in Georgetown that took place on August 6. Police Superintendent Peter Lansden said in a press release that although CCTV footage has been circulated previously in the media, with persons apparently claiming to know who the man in the footage is, no one has come forward to provide this information to the police. He added, while media commentary can potentially provide us with intelligence, not having proper witness identification impacts our ability to take the necessary steps to bring the perpetrator to justice. Police are appealing to members of the public who may know who this person is to do the right thing and come forward. Here's the full CCTV clip. Police continue to look for Luisto Eusebio Hernandez in relation to firearm offenses. He is considered armed and dangerous and should not be approached. If seen, call 911 immediately. The search is still on for two missing men. 53-year-old Noel Paul Manning has been missing since June 24th and 26-year-old Adrian Williamson has been missing since July 6th. Now you are asked to contact your nearest police station if you see them. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to the RCIPS via their confidential tip line at 949-7777 or via their website. The government's plan to overhaul services for the most vulnerable in the Cayman Islands has taken a leap forward with the introduction and publication of the Financial Assistance Bill 2022. The bill, if passed by Parliament, will replace the 25-year-old Poor Persons Act and is expected to provide a modern framework to address the needs of the vulnerable. 
The financial assistance bill defines the functions of the department, currently the needs assessment unit, and its duties a standard feature of legislation. Upon commencement of the legislation, the name of the needs assessment unit will be the Department of Financial Assistance. The bill confirms who is eligible for government's financial assistance, namely Caymanians, spouses of a Caymanian, or guardians of a Caymanian dependent, all of whom must be resident on island during the time of the application and at least eight of the 12 months preceding the application. It also adopts a more holistic approach to individuals who are receiving government financial assistance, including the introduction of conditions that will be attached, in particular, for households with adult members who are able to work. Auditor General Sue Winspear recently reviewed the emergency procurement of the lateral full test and made three recommendations for future processes. She recommends no government minister should be involved in the procurement process, but instead allow the civil service to deliver the process without any political input once the decision to procure is made. The review comes after Blue Water Medical Supplies Limited sued the government for an alleged breach of a $1.3 million contract in November. Around the same time, both the Education Ministry and the Ministry of Health and Wellness were seeking their own urgent supply of tests. The process of how each decided to procure them was different and raised questions about which method was appropriate and if any wrongdoing potentially occurred. Whilst no finding of any inappropriate action was taken by those involved, she did acknowledge some potential loopholes and areas that need to be tightened to remove the possibility of anything inappropriate occurring. The Auditor General advised that when the decision was taken by Cabinet for the Deputy Governor to proceed with the initial procurement and the Ministry of Health and Wellness was engaged, there should have been no further political involvement in this procurement process. All communications with tenderers should only have been made through civil servants. The Cayman Islands Regiment continues to grow, officially adding another 29 members at their passing out parade for the third cohort on Sunday. This cohort was trained recently by a team from the UK Ministry of Defence. The regiment now has 107 men and women, nine of whom attended the UK Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst. Rotarians Derek Haynes and Mike Burcumby undertook the challenging 200-kilometer GR20 trek, known as the hardest in Europe, to raise funds for the non-profit after-school program Jubilate. Jubilate teaches less advantaged children from the public schools in the Eastern District's various life skills through music and academic enrichment. It also instills in young Caymanians discipline and self-confidence, skills both Haynes and Burcumby needed on their recent trek. A $160,470 check was presented to charity representatives. More information on each of these stories can be found at caymanmallroad.com. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.06, sunshine and clouds will be mixed. The temperature rises to the high 80s, but it will feel much hotter than that. When the high temperatures at 88 degrees Fahrenheit and the relative humidity is at 70%, like the forecast calls for, the temperature will feel about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds east-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour, then the sun sets at 6.52. When it cools at nighttime, the temperature falls to the low 80s. Looking forward, a higher chance of some rainfall on Wednesday. Overall, similar weather conditions are expected. It's summertime, so those hot days and warm nights with scattered showers are very typical for this time of year. 
CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Now for some regional and international news. Jamaica has recorded more than 938 murders this year as of August 14th. This represents a 3% increase when compared to the 911 murders recorded over the same period in 2021. The St. James Police Division leads the murder count in the country with 129 cases, a 21.7% increase compared to the 106 homicides reported in the division up to August 14th last year. The St. Catherine North Police Division is second on the list with 92 murders since the start of the year, while West Milan was third after 86 murders were recorded there. St. Andrew South is fourth with 82 murders, although that figure represents a 27.4% decrease in homicides when compared to the 113 cases reported in the division over the same period last year. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday vowed to expand military cooperation with the country's allies, noting that Moscow is ready to offer them its most advanced weapons. Speaking at the opening of an annual arms show outside Moscow that caters to foreign customers, Putin said that Russia's armed experts play an important role in the development of a multipolar world, the term used by the Kremlin to describe its efforts to offset what it perceives as U.S. global domination. Putin didn't name any country in particular, but noted that Russia sincerely values its historically strong, friendly, and trusting relations with countries of Latin America, Asia, and Africa. One year after the fall of Kabul, life for Afghanistan's women continues to worsen amid rising violence and the regression of human rights. Under the Taliban leadership, women have been banned from having jobs amid an already tenuous economy which collapsed almost overnight after the world cut off funding to Afghanistan last year. According to a study released by the United Nations Development Program, an estimated 97% of Afghanistan's population could be living below the poverty line, making the $1,000 visa fee to leave the country virtually impossible to secure. The Taliban has also banned women from traveling alone without a male guardian, which has confined many to their homes. The Taliban's requirement for women to wear full body coverings in public was also reintroduced, while the ban on girls attending secondary schools has resulted in 46% of young women not getting an education, according to a report by Save the Children. The United States Justice Department is opposing the release of details in an affidavit that lays out the argument that investigators made to a federal magistrate judge explaining the probable cause it had to search former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate last week. In their new filing arguing for some continued secrecy, the Justice Department made clear the seriousness of the ongoing criminal investigation, saying it implicates highly classified materials. Media organizations had asked for the affidavit to be unsealed after the search last week at Trump's Palm Beach, Florida club and residence. The Justice Department said in its filing that disclosing the affidavit details at this juncture will cause significant irreparable damage to this ongoing criminal investigation. That's it for now on the Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.
right, folks. Uh, welcome back. Big shout out again. Thank you, Kevin, for all of those regional, local, and international news updates. Lots of craziness going on in the world. As I was sitting there listening to the story about um, the Russian arms conference, whatever they're calling it, I couldn't help but shake my head. I'm just like, really? We need more guns and arms dealers and, and people putting uh, weapons in the hands of probably tyrants and um, criminals. Like, that's what the world needs more of. Um, and of course, his logic is to offset, you know, who he sees as a problem, which is the big bad wolf of America. Democracy is the problem. My goodness, what a hot mess. Oh, mm-mm-mm. it would be so nice to live in a much more peaceful world where um, you didn't have a conference for arms dealers to like, oh, I'll take that grenade launcher over there for half a million dollars, please. And thank you very much. Um, can I get a submarine that's like bulletproof? It's just like, what? Oh my goodness. Absolutely crazy. But that's the world that we live in. And I guess at the end of the day, you know, we all need to be prepared as much as possible to um, live in this crazy world. Yeah. The other thing that was disturbing as I was listening to the news this morning is what's going on with the Taliban in Afghanistan. I mean, I cannot believe that they get back in and they decide that what they thought worked for them last time, the oppression of women and little girls, um, is the way to go. In fact, most countries around the world have recognized that by empowering women and putting women in leadership positions and educating the women and families, you are changing the entire um, outcome of your country, your economic outcome, um, your social you know, outcome, everything improves when women are educated and when women have opportunities at employment and jobs and um, opportunities in their community, opportunities to be leaders in their own country and to set policy, you know, uh, countries that have just men running the show, let's be very honest here, uh, don't vote as well as they could if they had more women in leadership positions. Yes, I'm speaking about Cayman as well as other countries around the world. My goodness. What a thing. Uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on that situation, but it's really sad. An almost 50% reduction in the number of children now, uh, female children in particular, that can have access to an education. Mm -mm -mm. I don't see how it makes any sense, except that those persons have no concept of, um, you know, doing right by their own communities. They just want to keep a minority of men in charge and they go around abusing women and children and selling off little eight and nine-year-old girls um, to big, hardback, absolutely disgusting pedophile men uh, who want to essentially use them as sex slaves and, you know, get them them pregnant and burden them down with children that they can't afford to have. It's such a, such a sad state. Um, and, you know, listen, these types of relationships, although they're more prevalent maybe in certain places in the world because culturally they're accepted, um, even in our jurisdiction, we have to be very, very mindful of individuals who are attracted to girls that are too young. I mean, a young lady, um, 17 years old, 18 years old, should not be having relationships with a man who's in his 40s, because the two of them, I imagine, probably don't have a whole lot to talk about, but also their life experiences are, are completely different. And so, you know, you have to give young people the opportunity to have their first year of mistakes, yes, 
and grow up um, at a pace that is logical and sensible to them. And I think that when you engage in relations with people who are way too old for you, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, so it's, it's, it's sad. I feel so bad for those uh, young girls and, you know, the professionals who were there, who'd been working there when the U S was in Afghanistan, a lot of them have left. Um, they've gone to different places around the world. I was reading a story recently about a lady who's a doctor. She was able to get out her and her siblings and they left the jurisdiction. And now um, they're in the, I think they're in the UK and they're trying to basically start over and see exactly you know, how they can make a go for it. So uh, Miss Brenda says, I know Lauren is Miss Teen. Well, there you go. One pageant success story. Um, Hopewell says, um, that's not good for Jamaica. Thanks for the, thanks much for the updates. You're most welcome. Uh, Damien says, Biden has set $10 billion in heavy arms, has sent $10 billion in heavy arms to Ukraine, which 60% has gone missing and sold on the black market. Mm. Um, I thought that they had a better plan to make sure that they were, I think he's promised $10 billion, but I don't think he sent $10 billion already. So you might want to fact check that. And uh, Melvin, good morning, joining us from London. It's amazing how much information we get wrong, though. Like last week when we were talking about Trump and the raid on Mar-a-Lago, um, which, by the way, he said to them that they could go ahead and release, um, I think it was a search warrant or something. And then he started to backtrack and his story keeps shifting. It's really bizarre how he just makes stuff up and people just believe it. Um, but his story started to shift in a totally different direction because it looks like he regretted letting them release it because not only did they have real probable cause and it's now been discovered that his attorney signed an affidavit or some sort of uh, sworn statement where he actually essentially lied to federal agencies that, that, that after they went there in June, that there were no more classified documents at the home. And then they still go in there and walk away at some 20 boxes full of stuff. Um, somebody's going to be in trouble. And now they're trying to figure out, did he lie based on what Trump told him? Or did he lie because he was just trying to cover for Trump in his own, you know, in his own way? Either way, there is a real possibility that Trump could be facing some criminal charges. And I know this is some of you in the program that day were saying, oh, well, remember Obama took documents um, as well. And what about Hillary Clinton? And there's been um, some very, very good articles um, explaining why the two should not be compared in any way, shape or form. And no, Obama did not take classified documents from the White House. So you got to be very careful. And I try not to get too deep in American politics, as God knows, even when I lived there, I didn't want to get into American politics because they can be crazy. And uh, it's gotten a lot worse since then. But, um, you know, to be quite frank and honest, uh, the things that you believe or want to believe um, isn't necessarily true and isn't what happened. So you've just got to make sure that you're fact checking your sources. I know some of y'all don't like to believe and reading anything that's really news anymore. If it's not some conspiracy theory and it's not crazy, you don't even want to hear it. But it's very, very disturbing, some of the things that Trump has done and the fact that he still gets support. Regard I mean, the man has said that he could kill somebody and get away with it. And I now believe um, that to be the case because there are so many crazy people out there who will support him no matter what he does. 
you will find an excuse for his behavior, which in fact is um, really, really shocking. So he continues to hold his position. Now he wants them to release the affidavit um, saying that there was no way that the FBI could have justified the raid. And so, you know, he continues with this game. Now, the most interesting thing about this, I said this last week, someone in his inner circle would have had to have given them the information that he still had documents left. Some people have turned to um, the son-in-law as the possible source of the leak. Like someone has actually accused um, his son-in-law of being the one who probably turned code on him. And I th- I thought to myself, ooh, that'll make for next interesting family dinner without a doubt. Um, but yes, um, I this is a story that we're watching with interest because this could actually finally be the takedown. They're looking at some espionage charges and all sorts of stuff for Trump. And the other interesting thing is Judy, um, what's his name? Julie, uh, is it Julie? What's his name? Giuliani. Um, what's his first name again? Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. He's going to be in a bit of trouble as well because he could potentially be facing some charges in relation to misinformation that he was out there peddling on behalf of um, Donald Trump. Now, I don't know what it is about Donald Trump. Like, y'all have to explain explain it to me because otherwise relatively intelligent people like um, Judy, Rudy Giuliani, (laughs) I keep getting his first name wrong. Um, You know, a guy who was, um, what was he, mayor of New York years ago who was able to turn things around. He seems like he's lost all good common sense and um, continues to peddle misinformation and fake news on behalf of a president that there's something in the Kool-Aid. That's all I can tell you. Trump gives them the proverbial Kool-Aid and they drink it. And um, it's just, it's just shocking and unbelievable. So a judge had unsealed the search warrant on Friday after the government had determined that uh, these materials could be released without significant harm to the investigation. But they're saying that releasing anything further at this point, um, you know, could be a problem. So it says that despite their opposition to the release of the affidavit, the Justice Department attested that it would not block the release of any other documents related to the raid. Because again, the affidavit might divulge more than they're willing to at this point because the they are looking at um, criminal charges against individuals. I don't know for sure if it's going to, um, you know, include Trump, but it could be people either very, very close to him or it could be him as well. So he claims that they stole his passport. This is some of the stuff that he's been saying to American media. He said that they stole my three passports um, along with everything else. This is what he wrote on his Truth Social account on Monday because remember, um, everybody else has blocked him. I think Twitter, Facebook, everybody else has blocked him from reaching mainstream uh, people. And so he's he's turned to alternative uh, social media sites. There's one called Truth Social, apparently. And, um, you know, so he's peddling all sorts of, of different things. So, uh, you know, we're keeping a side eye on it uh, to see exactly what flushes out. And, of course, we all know that politically you never go after a standing president or a former president, unless hopefully you have all your ducks lined up in a row. Um, so we are most certainly going to be um, keeping an eye on that to see if they've got it together. Yeah. So we'll see. 
Mm-mm-mm. All I can say is um, it's going to be another, like nothing, nothing surrounding Trump is never without controversy. I mean, this man has just had um, one thing after the next. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, am I the only one who looks at this whole situation from his rise to power and all the stuff that he's done and just in total disbelief? Um, so Damon says, how come they took almost two years to discover top secret files were missing? Well, I'm guessing that Trump had access to a lot of files and it's not a question of, of it took them two years to discover it. It probably took them two years to convince people um, to talk and be willing to provide them with information where it was. Because remember, when they went there in June, they did not um, discover all of these documents because he had them hidden in a location that they didn't know anything about. And that's why they said, whoever this is now that helped the authorities, it is someone who knows the inside of that house and knows exactly which safe to tell them to go to. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, speaking of safes, yesterday somebody messaged me and they said, oh, Sandra, um, I noticed that you mentioned um, on the show that you have a safe. This is what this person said. Hey, Sandy, I know you're smart above and beyond, but I heard you mention about a safe you have and that got me a little scared. This place is a toxic place. I hope they don't try to raid your house. <laughs> I hope your SD box is in the bank. Uh, these people are dirty people. I didn't want anything to happen to you. You're always, um, you're all we got right now. Well, rest assured, I was actually just being funny. Um, <laughs> there's there's no safe with anything in it that's going to be worth coming into my house for. Trust me. I have a safe and I don't even keep it locked. <laughs> that's That's how little to nothing. You know what's in the safe? my daughter's like little drawings and stuff like that, that in case there's ever like a house fire or something, you don't want her first little drawing of you and daddy to go up in flames. Um, What else is in the safe? Passports. That's it. Nothing. I don't have no jewelry that anybody should be interested in. Um, There's no money. I don't keep money at home. (laughs) So uh, I, I thought when the person said, I was like, really, is that a serious concern? Like, I think you got to be, you got to be careful even joking on a show, <laughs> I guess what you're saying, because somebody might actually take you seriously. Ugh, relax. You know what? I have a value that's in my house, my gym exercise equipment. You want to come and steal that? Come and work out with me. Miss <laughs> um, Brenda says, Damien, they asked several times and they got back that they kept playing games with them, hence the warrant. Yes. I mean, this isn't something that's new. We've heard from day one that he was taking documents from the White House, but hearing that and actually doing something about it are two very, very different things. And so, um, you know, they had to get the evidence that they needed, the the um, affidavits and whatever to even support a, a warrant, a search warrant. So yeah, could be his son-in-law, according to one source. Uh, Marshall says, anyone following Trump has lost all kind of senses. They're just a bunch of idiots. Ahsoka says, Trump aid is some strong juice. Let me tell you. Yeah, it does seem to um, to be amazingly strong, actually. <sighs> uh, Jonathan says that Donald Trump is not a career politician. He's a career hustler. Well, this has got to be, and somehow he became president, this has got to be the best hustle that this man has ever had in his entire life because he does not want to give it up. 
Believe me, you. And somebody made a joke the other day. You know how we keep saying that he didn't lose the presidency? They say, well, do you recognize that if you keep saying that, then you can't run for president again because there's a limit on successive runs for U.S. president? And they're like, aha, I bet you didn't think about that one. I just have to chuckle at American politics and I can't say anything more. I don't even know what to say. So, um, yeah, Rudy Giuliani, he's, he's been targeted now um, for this election probe. And um, the state of Georgia, a grand jury, is looking at him. And uh, it could, I mean, everyone else around Trump is going to jail and has fallen on the sword, so to speak, except for Trump. So um, we'll see. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So in health news, I don't know if you guys saw that we posted this over the weekend, but um, COVID is still killing a lot of people. There's this misinformation that it has disappeared. We had a local article, which Renee put up on the website yesterday, that our COVID, our local COVID numbers are down um, in terms of reporting. But I think that's just because people get it and they're not reporting it. They're like, I don't care anymore. If it doesn't land me in the hospital, you know, nobody needs to know sort of thing. But I think it's still very much um, in the community. I'm one of those people that cannot say that I've had it yet, knock on wood. Hope that I remain COVID-free. Uh, most people are perfectly fine if you've been boosted, you've gotten your shots and whatever. Uh, there are other people who didn't take the vaccine. I hear them, you know, they were anti-vaxxers. And then when they got it and I hear them say, oh, my God, Sandy, I almost died because of COVID. I'm sitting there going, but you wouldn't get vaccinated. And now you're telling me your COVID story that you almost died. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Am I supposed to feel sorry for you? I'm glad you didn't die because I genuinely like you, but still, you know, survival of the fittest, child. Mm-mm. So um, we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Um, so, yes, we posted this over the weekend that the COVID death numbers in the U.S. in particular are actually really, really high. And um, they are on par with, um, let me just see what the numbers were. So it says here that hundreds of Americans are still dying of COVID every day, higher than at other points during the pandemic. This is what the figures are showing. COVID-19 deaths have remained relatively constant since mid-April. CDC data shows with between three and 400 people dying on average every day with the virus. So the U.S. has surpassed 1 million people that have died because of COVID-19. And this is said to be an underestimation, the actual figure um, being a lot higher than that because of a number of factors, including, especially in the early ages, they had so many people, early stages of the disease, they had so many people dying from it that they couldn't even keep up, like in, in uh, nursing homes and stuff like that. So they were just like, throw the body in a pile, <laughs> you know, like they legitimately couldn't even be bothered with the testing. Mm -mm -mm. Let's take a quick commercial break, folks, and we'll be right back after these messages. The Cold Hard Truth is going on the road. Come and join the show live and direct Friday, August 19th at Waffle Monkey with Sip and See with Sandy. Jump on the mic, have your questions answered, or just give a big shout out to the birthday girl. 
Waffle Monkey will be offering a sausage roll to everyone who stops in to say hi. Get your cup of amazing Costa Rican coffee. Because you know CMR is going to keep it hot for you. Ooh, honey child, you don't want to miss it. Crichton Properties is one of Cayman's most trusted real estate companies for over 50 years. We offer a diverse selection of property listings and help our clients navigate the world of buying or selling their properties with confidence. Crichton is a name you can trust with our excellent customer service and family-friendly touch. Contact us today to list your home, land, or condo for sale by calling 949-5250 or email info at crichtonproperties.com. .com Crichton Properties a trusted Cereba member All right folks so um during the news segment you guys saw this robbery that took place um I don't I can't recall that we really spent a whole lot of time on this but this was a robbery that took place in um I think it was the liquors for less there off McClendon Drive right <laughs> This got a lot of, of interesting commentary because a lot of people recognize that despite this person trying to put on their best possible um, Jamaican accent, that this was clearly not a Jamaican at all. This was a Caymanian trying to pretend like they had a Jamaican accent. And they were just so silly because the more that they taunt, the more that it became obvious that this person um, is a straight up Caymanian. Now, I don't know where they're from. I know I know, I got y'all going when I said, maybe it's a West Bay. Are y'all like, no, don't y'all be talking about West Bay like that. And I was like, all right, all right y'all need to calm down now. <laughs> but, um, you know, he when he was speaking, it was so interesting because at first, like if he had just said the first couple words and stopped, you might have been fooled into thinking, yes, that that was a Jamaican who was robbing the place. But he kept talking. And his his native accent, which is Caymanian, um, then came out, which was so incredibly interesting because there was something that he said at some stage. And it was like, oh, no, Bobo, you're not Jamaican. <laughs> you were just pretending, right? And there are certain things that Caymanians will say uh, versus a Jamaican um, in terms of just the the wording and how stuff um, comes across. And of course, he kind of screwed up uh, by talking too much, I feel like. And so when he continued talking, everybody is like, hold on a second. That person speaking right then is a Caymanian. So if you know who, I'm trying to see if I can pull up the video on my computer. If you know who this individual is, because somebody must know. When you look at these videos, right, without a doubt, folks, um, you recognize a certain gait, um, the outfit, perhaps you're his mother and you've been washing his clothes and you look at that outfit and you go, oh, I know that hat. I know that shirt or whatever. Somebody needs to come forward and assist the RCIPS in trying to um, find this young man who should be in jail? I mean, he went and committed an armed robbery with a gun. You know, thankfully, nobody was injured. But it could have ended very, very differently. So give the give the RCIPS um, some assistance on this, folks. I don't think that this is a type of thing that should we should be trying to hide or cloak or anything like that. I don't know why I'm not able to find the video on my computer. But anyway, it's on it's on the website for sure. It's on social media. 
This was August the 6th, I believe. And um, yeah, y'all need to assist. Y'all need to assist the police with this one. So I think we had it. We even had it up on the website. Um, it might be in YouTube. Go, go and check it out because uh, this is very, very concerning that this person is still walking around after they have um, committed an armed robbery. Mm-mm-mm. Let me see if I can find uh, the video here and share it with you guys. But yes, this person is, um, the police are still saying, hey, we still need to get some assistance on this case. Yep. Here we go. So um, let me just see if I can pull up the video for you guys. We'll watch it together this morning in hopes of it might actually ring a bell. You might look at it and think, oh yeah, I recognize that hat. I uh, recognize that slim build. I think I know who that is. Give the RCIPS a little tip so that they can take this person off the streets. All right, here we go. Everybody ready to watch it? All right, arm robbery this morning, folks. Mm-mm-mm. So when he started um, mentioning that bit there about giving him the effing money, that's when the Caymanian accent started to really come out. And you're like, yeah, there's not no freaking Jamaican that's saying this. Um, so what I thought was interesting about him, whoever he is, is what what's up with the cross bag, the, the, the body bag that he has like across his chest? Uh, to me, that was a bit unusual of um a get up <laughs> like the outfit i thought was was quite interesting he looks like he borrowed his granny's hat or his older mother's hat to put on and then i don't know what what was that with that cross back body bag like it was just a little bit different and i think that that could be one of the things folks that really helps give him away like you've got to look carefully um at the clothing right so um again you know, he's wearing some jeans, uh, white tennis shoes, a long sleeve, kind of brownish, tannish looking shirt. And then look at that hat with the purple. It has like the purple cloth thing around it. It's kind of some kind of straw hat. Um, and this crossbody black bag. What What is what's up with the bag? Like, it's, it's just a little bit weird. 
Um, and you see the young lady. I don't know. Is she the one who actually let him in when he rang the doorbell? Because it doesn't look like she was paying a whole lot of attention. And you notice then he runs back out and that's her. She, she sneaks off in that moment, child. And here comes the other guy, not even recognizing what was going on. I would have thought that in the back of the store, they would have had a safe place um, to be able to, you know, go and hide. I guess that's where she's gone. And this poor little worker, he came out not even realizing what he was getting himself into and what was going on until it was too late. And he's staring down the gun barrel. And of course, you know, he says that, oh, I'll shoot you because it looks like he was going to run back into the back office or whatever um, the safe place was. Just last week, this reminds me of a video that I saw with an elderly man in the U.S. Um, he's like really, really old. And these guys, um, you know, go in to his store and um, he pulled out his, because he saw, I think he saw them coming on the camera and he pulled out uh, his <laughs> his shotgun and they had their high powered rifle, but because he was expecting them and they were not expecting him, it turned out to be a very different kind of situation. So the second they walked in the store, he started shooting at them. I said, wow, this is a wild, wild west. And um, of course this happened this exact same weekend. And yeah, he, he the, the suspect ran off. I somehow think that they, did they arrest the the guys who did this? I feel like they may have gotten at least one of them. So this poor guy, he's owned the store for 55 years. According to reports, he suffered a heart attack. Wow, the stress of all of this. I, I don't know if he's still alive, but apparently he had a heart attack after all this. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, really? But they came armed with a huge, I don't know what it is, AR-15 or whatever. Um, the four suspects fled the scene in a stolen black BMW SUV. And later on, officers recovered firearms and additional evidence related to the attempted robbery. Mm -mm -mm. But poor guy, he saw them coming. Yeah, they had AR-15 rifles. Um... And this was in this town called uh, Norco, California, on July the 31st. He's 80 years old, and he had his shotgun, and he started shooting, and he actually shot one in the arm. And then the poor guy suffered a heart attack afterwards. My goodness, how horrific. Who goes to rob a little man's store with an AR-15? Like, I mean, come on. These guys are just unbelievable. So, folks, if you are able to um, assist the police again, um, please do so. You know, it's it's not a good look um, when we can't provide the police with any assistance to get these people off of our streets. Mm -mm -mm. Really, really horrible. Um, this this guy didn't look like he was entirely organized, but um, he still managed to pull it off. We don't know how much money was taken or anything. The other thing is, have a look at this. What What is with the glove? Is that a green glove that he's wearing? Look right there. 
See? See that glove on this arm? Um, but the weird thing is the other hand that he had the gun in doesn't have a glove. Right? And he may have touched something. I mean, I hope the police have obviously fingerprinted everything. So he gloves one hand. He doesn't really look like he might be the, the smartest <laughs> robber. But he had one hand with glove, um, the other one not. Then he runs back outside. Look here. Now he's he was locked in. So did she buzz him back in? Like, I'm a little bit confused as well about how all of this went down. So he goes back outside to do what? He's his own lookout man? What is he going outside to do? Was he talking to somebody? It's like you're trying to figure out exactly what this guy's doing. But some key indicators, I think, is that hat with the purple um, trim around it. His uh, body, a crossbody bag that he has on him. Most men don't walk around with a crossbody bag. I got to be honest with you. Um, you know, he's obviously of a little bit darker complexion, looks like. And he probably has a few Jamaican friends why he wanted to try and fool people with the Jamaican accent. So she buzzed him in, I guess, not paying attention, not really looking. And once she recognizes that, oh, my gosh, he's got a gun as he's walking back out, she then sneaks off to go and hide in the back. And here comes the other guy having no clue what is going on. And he was going to walk back there. And then he's like, I'll shoot you. And so he throws this yellow bag at him um, to put the money in. Um, Right-handed. That's why he's holding the gun in his right hand. Mm-hmm. And then he keeps going out, out in the little area to look and see, I guess, to see if anyone else was coming. This would not have ended well, folks, if um, somebody else had walked in on this, I'm sure, unfortunately. Wow. Not good. Um, yeah, then he kicks, uh, I don't know if that's a cigarette container or what that is, but he kicks something at the door one of the displays at the door because the guy just wasn't moving fast enough. Now, do these guys have, um, I'm curious to know, and I, I, you know, maybe they're not going to tell us, but surely they must have some sort of a alarm system that includes a buzzer. So as, as she recognizes right here that we're being robbed, would she not have pressed that emergency, that silent, alarm to notify the police um, immediately that this guy is on the loose and that this is, you know, you need to come and help us. It is a little bit peculiar. Um, but, you know, sometimes people respond in a particular way because of the stress that they're under. So you can't, you can't always expect them to be entirely logical. Well, one thing for sure, she gets out of there as quickly as she can. Uh-uh. Wow. All right. Um, so we have some questions coming in. Let's get to some of those and see exactly uh, what else is on your mind. So um, Damien says that hat looks like he came off a cat boat. <laughs> Brenda says, isn't that the same type of hat the guy was wearing? while taking the stuff from the farmer's market. Oh, um, let's look at the farmer's market video. We do have it. So let's just have a look at it and see. 
here. Uh, so the farmer's market this weekend got hit by an individual um, stealing some stuff as well. And um, I feel like this one is a lot easier to solve, probably. Let's have a look here. So this is the thief at the farmer's market. So, um, Ms. Brenda says usually K-Man and men don't wear, don't use or wear them, those crossbody things. Yeah, this is why I feel like he, he might not be the usual kind of person. So he might be easier to find. So it's a, it's a different hat. Uh, this guy is breaking into the, um, on the screen, as we can see, he's actually breaking into the coolers and stuff like that. Now, you get a pretty good side profile of him. He's got kind of a, um, what do we call it when men are not fully shaven? A little bit of a shadow there. He looks like he has a mustache as well. Um, so people who know him would, would probably recognize his face. You all just need to come forward and help the authorities to locate him. And he's cleaning out the whole thing, honey child. People are like, oh, was he, maybe he was just hungry. I'm like, mm. I don't know about that. But yes, it, it is a different hat. But Miss um, Stoka says for the old man in the States, they got one of the guys because he said he shot my arm off. Oh, good. Good for him. <laughs> ah. Aliana says it's a men's swag bag. It's all the fashion these days. Mm -mm. What a mess. So he shows up being fashionable. So this guy is loading up his little sack with um, whatever he can get. I don't really think that this is a situation where people are in need. I think this is someone who's going to turn around and probably try to sell this stuff. You see, to me, this is probably somebody who's on drugs or something. And they're getting all these frozen goods and all this food to turn around and try and sell it. Cameron says, thank God I'm old-fashioned. God forbid the day I walk around with a handbag. Oh, my gosh, Cameron. Uh, Rennie says, somebody must know who this person is. There are lots of evidence in that video clip. Yes, I think in both of these video clips, somebody knows. Yeah, Jonathan, I wonder if he had an accomplice because he says it kind of sounded like he called a name when he went back outside for a second. Mm-mm-mm. Good morning, Paul. He's wondering if this one is, is maybe a crackhead. But you get a good profile of his side face for sure. Somebody knows this guy. I feel like uh, these are very easily solved. People just need to come forward and help the authorities. Mm-hmm. But he was working overtime to get into the containers. <coughs> Mm-hmm. Sorry. My apologies. Ms. Brenda says, I think if he was, a, if he was Caymanian, someone would have recognized him by now. Maybe he not from yet. Um, no. Which one? The one in the um, liquor store robbery? No, he's, he's Caymanian. This one now, I'm not too sure. Um, is he chewing on something? He looks like he's chewing gum or something as well. But I think people might recognize them, but, you know, they've got, like the authorities said, 
they need to really, um, yeah, I, these are not the same people. I'm not saying these are the same people at all, but people need to come forward. But Cha, he cleaned up the entire, this is not somebody who is doing this because he's hungry. This is somebody who is uh, probably going to be selling this stuff. Look at that. Every single thing he could take out of the cooler, he's taking. Yeah, Jonathan says this one doesn't even have gloves on. That's why I kind of feel like maybe this one is a crackhead. And, um, you know, um, as Brenda says, people think the farmer's market robbery was done by one of the Cubans. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, he wouldn't stop. He just kept going and going and taking out stuff and taking out more and... How did he carry all this stuff, by the way? Did he have a car? Um, looks like he's wearing some kind of boots. Y'all see that? Yes, he has boots on. And then he loads up his backpack. Shut up, backpack look heavy now. So he's got a backpack plus another bag. And he was trying to see what else he could get into. I, I, I don't know how he got there, but he must have had a car or something because... This dude looks like he's now loaded down with stuff. He's soon fall over with the weight of what's in all those bags. Because Brenda doesn't think that either one is Caymanian. Um, I no, I think the first one is definitely Caymanian. This one mm, is a little bit 50-50. There is no audio or anything. So it's hard to tell um, on this one. Someone might have been loading up for their marine journey. Oh, now that's a possibility, uh, Miss Sandra. That maybe they were getting all this food ready for the voyage that they just took to make sure they had enough food. Anything's possible now. So yeah, this one I'm not too sure about. Um, who knows? But he, he was hell-bent on taking a lot of food supplies. And I heard, I saw some comments about, oh, the cost of living, this ain't got nothing to do with the cost of living, folks. This is someone, and Miss Sandra, that makes sense, quite frankly. Either he's looking to sell this stuff because he's on drugs and he's a hater, or, yeah, he's loading up because he's planning a trip and needs a lot of food and food supplies. Mm-mm-mm. Um, someone says all cash business should have a die pack as used in their teller drawers at banks to put into the robber's bag. Oh, yes. That's a good idea. I don't know if people do stuff like that here, but... Um, yes, let me see what else we got here. So someone says, while I'm absolutely delighted we've gotten rid of these ungrateful Cubans <laughs> costing us a fortune, I'm horrified with how very porous our borders are, despite all the money placed in our Coast Guard. How many are left now? Mm -mm -mm. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Ms. Judy says, I said the same thing. They will steal fruit and Caymanians looking for hard cash. Ms. Barbara says, I'm convinced that he's local due to certain mannerisms. Which one, this particular guy or the liquor store robbery? Damien suggests a GPS tracker. Uh, Kevin is suspicious. He says, 
Cuban migrants uh, that left in the boat that we're hearing rumors about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't discount it at all. So um, the guy who supplied the video, I wonder if he has any additional information that might be um, of use to us. But yes, that's what we know um, so far. Let me just see if we have any updates. Um, let's see. Yeah, because he seems to have been very concerned about taking as much food as he could. Um, and I think some of it's like frozen stuff that they use to make the smoothies and whatever. Hmm. Very bizarre. But again, if you have any information on these matters, um, please feel free to contact the RCIPS. I noticed that he's not wearing a watch um, from what I can see in either hand. Um, like I said, the boots are very, very interesting accessory. And, uh, you know, he's got, he's got some facial hair. So y'all need to think carefully about who this could have been. I feel like if you know this person, you'd probably recognize, cause you can't really see his eyes that well, but you can see from the eyes down, you get a good look at the facial hair, little mouth stash. And uh, even, you know, the, the lips, the mouth, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. We got thieves running around the place. Um, so, again, if you are um, a parent and you give your kids Capri Sun, which, take my advice for it, try not to. Try to just give them water. They'll, they'll have enough demons to fight in life as they get older with their diet. Don't get them hooked on sugary drinks because it is a hell of a thing to try to give up. Um, and it's just not good for you. There's zero benefit to sugary drinks. When I say zero, I mean it's wasted calories, it's bad for your teeth, increases your sugar um, level, and puts you in a path to diabetes later in life. <laughs> so get them used to drinking water and tea, and that's it. So there he goes off now with, um, he's loaded down. I wonder if they don't have any other cameras in the area. You know? It would have been interesting to see additional uh, footage. A big shout out to Scotland. They have made um, sanitary products for women free. So if you live in beautiful Scotland, I know Charlotte was messaging earlier that she lives in Scotland. Um, people who now need this product for free can get it for free. Yeah. So take that. Um, Scotland has passed this um, new bill. It's called the Peri Period Products Bill unanimously um, in November, but it is now, I guess, coming into place as the product Period Products Act, which will come into force uh, yesterday, it did, on August the 15th. And basically, this means that um, it will be the responsibility of local authorities and education providers to ensure that these products are made available free of charge to people who need them. So local authorities and partner organizations have worked hard to make the legal right to access free period products a reality. This is another big milestone for period dignity campaigners and grassroots movements, which show the difference 
that progressive and bold political choices can make. So um, this is actually a thing that a lot of people who are poor around the region, around the world, do not have access to these products, which is so sad. If you're a woman, you got to know how horrible that must be, right? So um, a lot of people who are low income, they can't afford or access suitable period products. And sometimes that, what that means is young girls, um, teenage girls, are actually um, missing school because they can't go to school when they have their periods. Isn't that horrible? So um, now, um, you know, they have some options for people who can't afford it. So it's said that back in 2018, according to the BBC, a survey of more than 2,000 people by Young Scott found that one in four respondents at school, college, or university in Scotland had struggled to access period products. One in four. That's a lot. Um, so they have now become uh, the first, they're making world history, becoming the first in the world to make period products free to students. Hmm. So if you're in school, college, universities, um, you know, you can access the products. And once they interviewed these young people, they said um, that 84% of the scheme positively impacted them is, is the response that they got back. Yeah. So some 64% of girls surveyed in the UK have missed school because of their period. And research showed that 13% missed an entire day at least once a month and 34%, um, you know, again, didn't have adequacy of products. And so they had anxiety about going to school during those particular times each month. So this will certainly help to tackle the stigma around menstruation and uh, period products. So I think this is a good thing. I also saw that in California, they became like the first state or something to start offering free lunch to kids. And I said, hey, look at Cayman. We're ahead of the curve there. Because as you know here now, we actually have a free lunch program in government schools. You know, the other day I saw that um, there was a collaboration with the YMCA, and I think it was Frankie Flowers Group, that they were offering free swimming to government schools. And I said to them, I messaged them when the press release came out, um, and I said, why not allow everybody access to free, all school-age kids access to free swimming classes if they need it, even if they're in private school, because a lot of parents are struggling to put children in a private school environment, but it means that they can't afford any of the other stuff that they would like, you know, the quote unquote extracurricular activities suffer because they're trying to make sure that that tuition is actually paid. So I think school age, certain things should be readily available if people need it. Um, thank God for the YMCA. I put my daughter in the swimming program. This is probably going to be her last week. I think school starts next week for her, right? And so, you know, she has made some immense strides because it was an intense program where she went every single day for July and August. And can I tell you, little miss is now swimming and blowing bubbles on her own. And this was a girl who's she's like, oh, I like the water, but I don't want to jump in. I'm scared. Now she's jumping in and diving down to the bottom. It's just amazing. And so, you know, it wasn't, it, it's cheap, cheaper than some private um, options for sure. 
But still, you got to have um, some money to be able to dedicate to these sorts of things. And there are a lot of people who don't have the extra income, you know, um, but I'm so glad that I did it because she is on her road, on the road to being a little swimmer. So congratulations to her. Um, yes, Jonathan, here now it's free lunch for all government school children. But you know, came and parents complain about the lunch. It's not enough food. They need to give them more because we like our children being fat and obese. We need more tasty. We need pep in the food. I'm just like, y'all need to stop. <laughs> All right. Um, Lucille says that her birthday is coming up. My birthday is coming up on Thursday, folks. Do not forget that on Friday, we're going to do a sip and see at Waffle Monkeys. So we'll see you then on Friday. Mark your calendar. Come out and have a good time. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. You guys have a fabulous day. The Cold Hard Truth is going on the road. Come and join the show live and direct Friday, August 19th at Waffle Monkey with Sip and See with Sandy. Jump on the mic, have your questions answered, or just give a big shout out to the birthday girl. Waffle Monkey will be offering a sausage roll to everyone who stops in to say hi. Get your cup of amazing Costa Rican coffee, because you know CMR is going to keep it hot for you. Ooh, honey chow, you don't want to miss it. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? And no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roke, Cayman Streaming Pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roke today on 926-1213. Roke is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 